0: Some bad news. I knew it. I love when he does that.
1: Well, once you hit rock bottom, the only way to go is up. So so good luck. Okay? Good luck.
0: I mean, you say rock bottom, but, like,
2: it just seems like things keep getting worse. What What is rock bottom? Who decides what's the bottom of all this? I mean, seriously, you go, okay, today is Friday, and I woke up in Cleveland, and I'm going, how much worse can it get?
0: Special special you do I can see it in you
3: Episodes away from reaching 300 of a podcast that I didn't think was going to last one year, let alone six years. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's your truly uh, Josh Lopez. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Lopez Media. Uh, do me a favor if you can, troll the spam account on Twitter and tell them hashtag free the Podcast. My account has been suspended for nine months. And it's absolutely ridiculous (laughs) that I got suspended for guitar covers. But, hey, we could show movie clips and porn, but (laughs) a simple guitar cover is going to get me suspended. Give me a break. (laughs) Anyways, uh, you can hit me up on Instagram as as well at Lopez 94 Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. It drops every single Thursday anywhere you get your podcasts from. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. Type in whose podcast and be right there check it out we don't have a patreon so you get the hoops pockets for absolutely free uh it's a life podcast it's a sports podcast it's a wrestling podcast and it's a podcast i want you to feel like i'm sitting next to you and we're having a shooting the shit session that's the goal of the podcast and we have a lot of fun here every single week i want to give a shout out to my uh guy sam piopo at second city sanford come on the podcast last week it was a lot of fun uh talking to him we got said a lot of stuff about the Chicago Bears, and uh, I have some stuff to get off my chest about that game on this week's <laughs> podcast, but we'll get to that later on. I'm not alone this week, I am joined by a good friend of mine that I've done a lot of shows with on the SE Network. Uh, I've got to know each other over the years, even uh, when I was working and doing the lead play by play stuff for wrestlezone.com back in the day. A good friend of mine, follow me on Twitter, you see it right on the screen right here, <laughs> it's at Blake Mitchamore. What's going on, my man? Welcome to the Hoots Podcast. Josh, glad to be here, man. What's going on? It's Wednesday. It's already week 10 of the NFL season. Uh, Surprise series right around the corner. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Yes, we do. Uh, When uh, we last recorded the show on SE, and hopefully, maybe we start recording some uh, shows down the road, maybe towards WrestleMania season. we were doing a preview show for uh, the NFL season and it's crazy that we're at week um, 10 and we'll get to more in that stuff in the NFL uh, in a little bit. But it's like, um, I, <laughs> I do have to say this though. The new rules and stuff that's been, inundated into the league has taken a lot of fun out of it for me particularly for this particular season not just because of what happened on Monday night but just in general I've been a sportsman my entire life just like you Blake just like anybody that watches professional sports this new emphasis on taunting is grade A homogenized Holstein bullshit from every corner you could bring your entire team, even people on offense on a pick six. You could run all the way to the end zone with guys that are not even legal to be in the field at that time. Right. We'll do a celebration, and the simplest things is tiki tag. Oh, let me throw the flag. Let me throw the flag. Let me throw the flag. And am I losing my mind here? What, what's your thoughts with this taunting stuff? Oh, it's absolute garbage. I mean,
2: like you said, you can you can do a choreographed celebration, but you can't get up and. You know, and, and what makes it really crazy is I can, you know, turn my, like I'm turning away from the camera here and, and I can celebrate that way. But if I turn and celebrate right in your face, then it's a penalty. It, it's, yeah, it's ridiculous. And, uh, you know, the officiating as a whole has been absolutely terrible so far this year in the NFL. Complete
3: other Nonsense. Nonsense. Um, we're going to get into the NFL in a little bit um, I do want to mention a couple of things Before we get into our questions in the Good Brothers Q&A um, Make sure to book our This weekend um, I don't know if I'm going to sleep There's not only the full <laughs> That's coming up uh, later. A uh, couple hours after the event Is New Japan's Battle in the Valley Which I'm doing And also starting up this weekend New Japan's decided to do not only one tournament Blake but two of them. So we oh, got the best of the super juniors and the World Tag League uh, tournament, which is kind of the last big events New Japan does before Wrestle Kingdom. And now, do those typically go at the same time?
2: I mean, I know that, yeah. I, I know about those tournaments, but they always run at the same time.
3: Yeah, they're they're always corresponding like during the winter time. So yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of work, but hey, the ROI is going to be good on my end. I'm not, not going <laughs> to. <laughs> Uh, but please check out com. It's there for anybody who don't have the time to check up with the shows so you can see what's going on with your favorite wrestling shows or maybe your least favorite shows because there's a lot of people that hate watch and hate read these Yes, things. there are. Go pick your poison, pal. Yeah. <laughs> um, Blake, uh, you ready to answer some questions? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's get into the Good Brothers Q&A session right here in the Who's Podcast. We do it every single week. We talk about life, wrestling, relationships sometimes, mental health. When you he talk about relationships, I like to just like point out traps and stuff. Uh, I think probably the biggest thing in that world is like, don't commit yourself to somebody that has no self-respect. That's always the number one advice I give out to people if they're trying to get to relationships. You're going to get burned and it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah,
2: I 100%, <laughs> agree. 100% <laughs> agree.
3: Made that mistake one once. Mm-hmm. Uh. You as always you can send us a question at Josh Lopez Media or the Hoops Podcast at gmail.com. It's our email. Make sure to send us suggestions there as well. Um I got a couple questions here and then got a couple of things I'll add on to the Q&A this week. First, we're gonna hit up Bobby. Uh his headline name on Twitter is Squid, uh which I think is pretty funny. Uh right. big boy Bobby B. Uh first question here. This is a very controversial topic. Honestly, we're coming off the heels. I was always find it interesting when I was recording a podcast, and this happened a lot when I first started the show at AdNate, like big news would always like break out like late Thursday afternoon right. all the time. Even when we were uh, recording uh, shows uh, on SME, news just pop up. out of Oh, there. yeah. <laughs> and right after I was done recording the show last Thursday, uh, we had another round of releases. So here's the first question from uh, Bob. He says, why do you think WWE is releasing all this good talent? Blake, I'll start with you. Well, I mean, you know, the, the stock answer
2: you get is budget cuts. And, and I do think there's something to that regardless of what people say. You know, if you've worked in the business world in a, in a larger company, every department has a budget. You know, talent has a budget. Uh, live events, you know, if your WWE like touring has a budget and if they're over it, they're going to make you know, adjustments to get under it. The other thing I think in a in a company like WWE, I mean, you know, you hear WWE called the machine. So yeah. if you have talents as good as they may be and I'm a huge Keith Lee fan, I was a huge fan of Karrion Cross, I was a huge fan of Scarlett for more than one reason. Yep. Won't get into that, but um, if they don't fall in line with the machine, like for example, you know, there's stories that came out this week, you know, believe them, maybe not because of who writes them, but that people in WWE said Keith Lee had an attitude problem, you know, and if Keith wasn't playing ball with how WWE wants things then they're going to make a move to get rid of him. And as much as fans, you know, today want to be like, oh, my God, I can't. That's that's life. I mean, you know, I have a job outside of this. And if I don't do what my bosses want out of me, regardless of whether I want to do it or not, guess what? Eventually, I'm going to get fired. It's just the way things go.
3: As an independent contractor myself for the last eight to nine years, uh, getting my start on uh, Zone about seven to eight years ago, I understood that going after your goals, and we all have different journeys succeeding in what we want to do in our profession. And just knowing off the bat and going to broadcasting school and learning the process of the hiring process and the life in the entertainment business, per se, nothing is guaranteed, one, and two, nothing is linear. Whether your performance resonates with people that are paying your checks at the end of the day, one, and two, again, nothing is guaranteed. And I learned that the hard way from my experiences from other sites I used to work for and uh, just started read the business. And Boy Ray mentioned this on his podcast on Busted Open the other day. Unless you're a contract employee or there's a union, you're walking into a doggy dog world, and you need to understand what you're signing up for. You need to – if wrestling is all about the art and the wrestling and all that, you need to pick and choose wisely the promotions you're going to sign to.
2: Don't ever go to WWE.
3: There you go, basically. And now, here's the thing. I, I'll i give credit for the industry for the fact that you have options now to do right. your art and showcase your art. But, again, we, we were kind of talking about this before we came on air uh, today. And I, for me, I'm just being a wrestling fan my entire life and seeing the as and falls of the business, uh, for me, it's going to take a lot for me to buy in and say, okay, NWA is going to be without flaws. They're not going to be bankrupt in three or four years, or MLW, or Impact, and all their nonsense over the last 10, 15 years. Like the pro wrestling business. Outside of WWE, because we're talking about sports entertainment versus pro wrestling all the time, right, Like Right. If we're talking about the pro wrestling business and what just happened about a week and a half ago with Ring of Honor, nothing about it is completely stable or without falls.
2: Absolutely not.
3: <laughs> and, again, you need to understand what you're signing yourself for. And... Again, you don't like it, but WWE built themselves to an entity that they could dictate what they want to do with their brand and their corporation. It's their corporation. It's their image. You don't have to agree with it. But understand, if you're going to work there and you're going to dedicate your time to it, it's not something that I – oh, here's the thing. Everybody talks about creative freedom all the time, right? That's a good and bad thing. <laughs> we watch stuff on TNT with creative freedom. That sometimes it's hit and miss <laughs> we have a segment we talk about it all the time, but it's like, like you were saying, you have bosses outside the work you do. Right. And if you're not going to listen to them, you're not going to, you're not going to be there for long. Same thing with a movie, uh, organization, like a film company or, uh, let's say you're working for Disney and ESPN you don't think that they have their set of rules and how they handle things with talent and stuff like that it's not it's not for everybody i understand you could disagree with processes of corporations but understand what you're getting yourself into at the end of the day you have to understand that i hate seeing talents being let go but i don't know the reason behind that right somebody tells me From a website that has budget cuts or somebody has an attitude, one, I'm not there. Two, I don't know the reason why they're being let go. I'm not in the boardroom. And see, unfortunately for me, not unfortunately, but this is real life. This is real life and it has no bearing on me. I hate seeing talents go, but it's not going to affect how I view the entire business because I already know what the business is. Right. This is work for me and it sucks. But hey, here's your opportunity. As like everybody says all the time, prove them that you're wrong. You know, it worked out for Drew McIntyre. It mm-hmm. worked out for Bobby Lashley. Two recent current former WWE champions got released and found their way back to having better runs the second time around. It's yeah. po- it's possible. And, again, it's a si- sucky situation. I can understand the frustration. And, you know, I, I'm kind of surprised that there's this amount of releases I think that's right. really messed up. But also understand the amount of talent they've been yeah. signing over the last two or three years, so it's crazy. It is, and, it, you know, and it sucks. And, and there's,
2: you know, another guy that I heard after he got released that I thought had a really good uh, perspective was, I think, Tyler Breeze. You know, I saw comments from him after he got released saying that every six months he expected to be released from WWE. That should be your expectation going there. You shouldn't, you know, everybody I think, not everybody anymore, but majority of like guys and girls that get into the wrestling business, that's where you want to go because that's the major leagues. Sorry, AEW people, it still is. I mean, it's still bigger. Um, And but you have to have the right perspective. You know, you have to have the perspective of, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to give it my all and I'm going to I'm going to bust my ass yeah, and I'm going to do my damnedest to get over and be a top person. If I'm not, I'm going to expect that, you know, every six months, because typically now this year has been different the last year, year and a half, but typically they do releases twice a year. Right. So every six months I know, okay, I've been, I haven't been on the shows lately. I might be on the chopping block. And the other thing I'm going to do, the other thing I would do from a perspective standpoint is, wwe is my chance to go make life-changing money that i could take care of and if i need to go you know if i want to keep doing this wrestling thing after my wwe days are done and i'm going to impact and i'm making a you know 20 percent, 30 percent of what i was making in wwe you know what i can still do it and be just fine because i got this wwe cash sitting in my bank account
3: right it's unfortunate um like you, I was a big fan of, um, killer cross, uh, Scar, uh Scarlet Bordeaux, uh, um, the best waterfall that's come out of, uh, the city of Chicago. <laughs> um, let's go into our next question here, uh, from Bobby. He says, um, what do you think the bears should do this off season since the season is a wash? Um, <laughs> get a new
2: head coach.
3: Yeah, that's the easy one. Um, I could say new coach, new general manager, but we've been through this routine every three to four years. Um, just a life of a Chicago sports fan, uh, especially with the bears. It's not a good organization as far as sustainability and being competent as far as evaluating talent. Um, yeah. The head coach, I've been saying it for a while, even before Mitch Trubisky left the team that he's the problem with the football team. And I, I, I have a couple of reasons why, um, And maybe it's a bad time, too, but, like, after the Bears lost the uh, Eagles game, the double-doink game in the playoffs in uh, 2007, uh, the Bears were heading into their 100th uh, season as a franchise. It was the whole NFL 100 uh, campaign thing, you know. And I felt like the team was reading press clippings instead of having a chip on their shoulder while everybody was making fun of them for the double-doink the prior season. That's culture. That's coaching. And yeah, we could go over the bad draft picks. I think there's been better recent draft picks like yeah, Smith and Cole Komet and Jarnell Moody, right? Uh, Justin Fields that we just talked about, Jalen Johnson, who's a cornerback uh, for the Bears as well. Um, I, I know a lot of people say it'd be better off for the Bears if the McCassie sell off their franchise, and maybe. We'll have to see how that goes. Let's we'll see how this thing with the move to Arlington works out. That's a couple years down the road. It's not something like oh, the Bears are going to be in Arlington in 2023. That's no, not- like
2: 10 years down the road, right?
3: Yeah, they got to build a stadium. They still got like they're a charter franchise, <laughs> the NFL. They don't even own their own stadium.
0: Right?
3: It's, it's run by the Park District, and we got the shittiest field on in the NFL, and, and it right. feels a complete dump. Uh, <laughs> I can say that as a Bears fan, they turn a historic NFL stadium into a UFO ship with bad turf on the field. It's just right. Um what, what do you think from the outside looking? You're not a Bears fan, but what, what do you think?
2: Watching are- them, so watching them play. I mean, I, I think Nagy's terrible, but from watching them play, um, you know. The Bears usually always have at least – I mean, if it's not top tier, it's usually at least a serviceable defense, and they have that now. You you name Jalen Johnson. You name Roquan Smith. There's you know, a couple other guys that are pretty solid. Um, Watching him play this year, I think two things. One, you've got – I think you've got – ultimately, it's going to depend on what you put around him, but I think you've got the potential to have finally found a quarterback. Mm Mm-hmm. Justin Fields has some skill, and I think he can. He, you know, he has ability. He can make the throws you need to make, you know. But he needs to grow a little bit. Uh, first and foremost, you got to put a line around him. You got to keep him healthy. Yeah. Uh, and then second, I, I think David Montgomery's not bad, but he seems to have a little problems, you know, uh, from what I see. Uh, staying
0: it's healthy. Yeah. yeah.
2: And then I think they could have – they could use a little bit more skill on the outside. You know, Allen Robinson's solid, but he's not really like a – you know, he's not going to ever be a home run hitter kind of guy. I think Mooney's got something, but I don't know if he's build your team around kind of guy. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say, you know, another wide receiver. And then uh, I'm a big proponent with anybody. I mean, if you've got a quarterback – You've got to keep them upright. Quarterback is the key to the NFL more than ever. I mean, it always has been to a degree, but more than ever, quarterback is the key to the NFL right now. So I'd say offensive line and wide receiver outside of a new coaching staff.
3: Hey, like, look at the Chiefs. They were in the Super Bowl last year. They got exposed for how bad their offensive line was. Not much has changed (laughs) this season. I know they've dealt with a couple injuries. I think they said today that Kyle Long is coming off a PEP Maybe that could help in some But even then, like anybody that's played football at any level, I played football in high school for four years. Uh, I know friends of mine that played football as well. The game is always one in between the trenches. It doesn't matter how good your quarterback is. It doesn't matter how good your defense is. If you have somebody run up the gut all the time, you're like, so like the 49ers that game a couple weeks ago, the Bears defense could stop anybody. They couldn't cover the middle field and they couldn't even tackle anybody. And that's right in the middle. Well, I
2: mean, football's a matchup game, right? So if if you can, you know, if I'm playing the Bears and I know I can rush four guys and I can pressure Justin Fields and get home and sack him or get in his face to make him make bad throws and I can drop seven guys.
0: Yeah.
2: I'm going to beat you all day long. You have to have that line that, you know, forces me to bring five and bring six and bring extra people so that you have one-on-one matchups on the outside and hopefully you have guys that can, you know, get open and and take advantage of it. Yeah.
3: I think uh, going back full circle with this, it's just finding a competent head coach is not just about the system he comes from. I I don't care if you're an offensive genius or a defensive guy. Yeah. Coaches that are special teams guys, like John Harbaugh is one of the best coaches right. in the NFL. Uh, I think Mike Tomlin was the special teams coach, too, back then. With he was a
2: defensive coordinator for one year.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And before then, yeah, he coached positions, but he, he was a one-year coordinator and got hired, and has been there for 15 years now.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of great examples. I, somebody that's competent that's going to bring the most out of people and have the right mindset going the game. It's not about what fits your scheme. I There's been so many players that have been run out of the city, whether it's the media or the team, that, oh, it doesn't fit the scene. So we got to get rid of Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard is still in the league and playing well for the, the Eagles. Leonard Floyd is doing a good job with the Rams. Uh <laughs> I I can keep going on. Coaching is about – I mean, to me, successful coaches establish a
2: culture and an identity of a team. You know, like down here right now, McCarthy, you could rip him apart for his clock management all day long. But I can tell you from watching the Cowboys right now, for the first time in 10 years, they play hard. They – we've won games this year that we would have lost long for the last 10 years straight. And that's because they play differently and they play a different style of football under McCarthy, you know, tactical advantages are great. And when you have a coach that can do that, that's fantastic. But give me a coach that gets guys to play for them and play hard and play a certain style of football over, you know, the next great offensive guru any day of the week.
3: Uh, let's go to the next questions from my good buddy, uh, Nate the Great. Thanks, Bobby, for uh, sending questions this week, my man. appreciate it. Uh, you can follow Nate at Twitter at uh, Psycho Nagiri. He is a uh, Minnesota Vikings fan, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, you're going to be up there uh, this weekend, right? I will
2: be with the New York Stooge.
3: What a Stooge. The Stooge of Stooges. Uh, <laughs> They ask. Um, I know you don't like the Forbidden Door, um, but what would you think if we got Brian Danielson against Tanahashi and or Kenta versus CM Punk? Um, I don't. It's not that I don't like the Forbidden Door. I think it's kind of goofy that Tony Khan considers himself the Forbidden Door. I, if anything, the Forbidden Door is Dave Meltzer, and nobody wants to talk about it. Uh, so <laughs> he, he he sets the rules out there for AW. So, I, uh, mm-hmm. I'm the whole concept of people bringing in wrestlers from other companies. Cool, you have these stream matches, but is it really benefiting your business? Impact cannot hover over a hundred thousand viewers on television, and they've been having this forbidden door partnership with Impact for uh, no, with AW for almost a year, and nothing's changed. Impact is right. still impact, it's still people don't care about it. you. You don't watch impact, right? <laughs> uh, very rarely. Um, as far as the matches you brought up, um, sure, I, I wouldn't I mind seeing uh, Brian Danielson in New Japan, that'd be cool. Uh, as far as him, Tanahashi, that'd be a decent match, We got two baby faces, so it's kind of there for me. Like, if I had to pick one, it'd be like a Randy Orton against Tanahashi or like a Randy Orton against Okada, like that'd be an interesting match, like a heel. Randy Orton right. against those guys. That'd be pretty cool. And then Kensa and CM Punk, you got the battle of guys with the GTS. Obviously, it came from Kensa's name, uh, came out first, but that's just a match for me. Uh, I had this question last season. I was like, oh, are you going to have uh, Kensa and CM Punk at Wrestle Kingdom? And it's, I think it's more likely happening on that rampage than a Wrestle Kingdom because Punk's not traveling to Japan with the COVID stuff going on right now. And then, I don't even know if that's a AEW pay-per-view match. You know what I, I mean? mean?
2: Yeah. No offense to Kenta, but I mean, to me, that's not a big match at all. I mean, that's not a that's you know that's not a Wrestle Kingdom match. That's not a full gear match or anything like that. You know, the thing about the Forbidden Door for me, I mean, I think the concept itself is cool. You know, the fact that you see these Impact people show up, you see New Japan people show up. The thing that wears me out about it is the fact that they just hammer. Oh, the Forbidden Door this, the forbid. like, dude, just do it. Don't talk about it. I don't need you to tell me about the Forbidden Door 15 times an episode when it's going on. Just tell me that Suzuki's showing up. Badass. That's awesome. Right. That's exactly. all I need. I, I, don't, I don't need you to tell me about it. Just make it happen.
3: Right, exactly. And it's also kind of thing in life when people be like, oh, I'm about that life. I'm about that life. Either you are or you're not. You don't have to tell me what you are. Just show me.
2: Yeah. If you're talking about it, you're probably not about it that much.
3: Yeah. And if your promotion is all elite wrestling, let me see something elite and different and not something I can see Mm -hmm. from four different wrestling promotions. But, anyways, let's move move on to the next question. Um, Oh, here we go. This is an interesting one here. A little throwback one. What is your favorite Survivor Series team of all time?
2: Oh, good God.
3: That's a loaded question there, man. (laughs) Uh, This may be showing my age, but for me, um, the 2005 uh, Raw and SmackDown um, match is one of my favorites. It's hard picking a select team. Maybe I could say the one in 2006 with uh, Hardee's DX and CM Punk in Philadelphia. Um, There's some good options. I mean... I know Survivor Series has lost its loss over here, so maybe some of these teams have gone over your head <laughs> during the process, but uh, I like to look at matches more than select teams. Like, I wasn't around during the 80s and 90s. I wasn't even born yet. I was born in 94, so I don't remember... Uh, mega power teens and so maybe you can riddle them off for me but (laughs) I mean I I
2: remember some of them but like not that well enough to where like you know I ever go back and watch it you know the most recent thing for me Survivor Series wise was the day that Sting debuted yes I mean that was you know the way and that's something I went back and watched I don't know how many times because you know, not only when he shows up in, in the video, the way they did the camera cuts and, and they pulled back and showed him. I mean, that's one of those things that WWE does better than anybody and it was done perfectly. Um, yeah, but there's been so many. There, I mean, there's been so many survivors. It's hard for me to sit here and just name a team. There's been so many Survivor Series team matches over the years.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just like one of those crazy moments that yeah. you get sting. I, I remember that. That's the whole authority <laughs> versus
2: yeah. just, uh, Cena thing. Um, yeah, the match itself. I mean, I know it was a, uh, authority versus Team Cena, and, and those guys were trying to get their jobs back and stuff, but mm-hmm. I don't even remember that much about the match. Just the moment of sting coming out and the way Hunter played it in the ring. I mean, it was just perfect.
3: And then another one I could toss out because I was there for this one was the Raw uh, Men's uh, match with SmackDown at NXT in um, 2019. Oh, um, that
2: was a good one with with Keith
3: and Roman. Yeah, yeah, man, pretty pretty dope. And that was precluding into Seth Rollins heel turn uh, the next night. Uh, that was an odd weekend for him because everybody just started shitting on him because he had comments about CM Punk heading right. into that weekend, and that was a that was a wild match. And then Funny story, Matt Riddle eliminated Randy Orton in that match. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, that's true, I guess. You're right. Now they're the tag team champions. Crazy how wrestling works sometimes. Mm. Um, Next question here from uh, Nate here. He says, what do you like the most about MLW? I'll take this one since I cover it. Okay. Um, What I like about MLW is the fact that they do what they do just like what we were talking about a couple minutes ago, they focus on what their work is and their company. They're not worried about what our promotion is doing. I don't hear a lot about the Forbidden Door from their commentators. Yeah, maybe you have somebody pop up from the Impact and do a one-off shot here, but they're not like shoving it down your throat about the Forbidden Door. And I appreciate that. And I like the vibe of this show, and I was a big Lucha Underground fan when it was going around. Yeah, I day. was too. Um, I, had, like, I had like a semi-working relationship where I would interview – um, a wrestler from Lucha Underground on a Wednesday morning when I was doing my old radio show, uh, Blake. They, they were airing on Wednesday, so it's kind of cool. We had somebody come on for Chicago Market, and then they'll air Lucha Underground on El Raid that night. So that was, yes. kind of, that was a fun time, and they're kind of going back to that because they have um, uh, Dario Cueto, who's now Cesar Duran, but he's basically the on air authority figure for MLW right now. And Katrina's back. They got Mil Work Days. It's Oh nice. I kinda like the fact that MLW's doing that because Cork Bauer actually used to do some stuff with Lucha Underground and Colonel was there too. So I kinda like the vibe they have. They got good performers. Their main commentary team is kind of hit and miss for me. But I think Alicia too is one of the best like on screen backstage interviewer or Personalities, we want to call. it. She's not a wrestler, but she's very talented for what she does. So, uh, shout out, shout out <laughs> 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 to, to Alicia too. So, uh, I, I, I W. It's, it's, it's got a sporting feel to it, and they got this group called um, Contra Unit with uh, Jacob Fatu, who's part of that Samoan Dynasty, uh, right. some mafia type of thing. It's, it's really cool. So, it's a one-hour show. It's on YouTube. You guys can check it out whenever you want. I, I kind of like the stuff I'm doing right now for MLW. Hmm, I'll have to check it out. Um, the last question we got here for the Q&A, uh, for Nate, he says, do you genuinely love writing transcripts? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do love it because it's, it's going towards something that I wanted to do from the beginning. Um, I always had two goals in my life. I either wanted to be uh, the next Glenn Fry, because the Eagles are my favorite band of all time, okay. or – uh, I could be the next Jim Ross. That was my two goals. I wanted to be a wrestling commentator or play around uh, – <laughs> play guitar and stuff. So, um, you know, getting to study moves and learning sequences from like, guys like Kevin Kelly and Matt Stryker. I've learned a lot over the – I've been doing these articles for almost 10 years. It's wild. I, I I don't know. I think i got, like, movesets inside my brain from, like, 200 or 300 different wrestlers I have this big ass excel sheet that I update from time to time when a new wrestler comes up and the thing I know with a lot of wrestling a lot of the moves are kind of the same from performer for performer whether whatever the show you're watching you can't go through a match without somebody doing some type of MMA kick or rolling right. elbow or something that, right. that's just simple basic shit but I enjoy the process and I learn something new and it's, it's not easy making a transcript it's not easy. No, Co- hell no covering a wrestling match for me. It's easier for me. Cause I have that repetition. I have that process, but transcribing dialogue for promos is not easy. One. I'm not responsible for a promo segment, not making sense <laughs> or trying to catch up with what's up. They saying in the mic, cause they're not inflecting loud enough or, you know, talking loud enough on their microphone. It's not easy. Like, uh, it's kind of cool challenge when I could type down a Paul Heyman promo, and right. I could go back and study that if I wanted to do something like that. Right. That's one part of the transcript. There's a five prolonged process into making the transcript. There's a lot of multitasking that goes into it. I I'll humbly say that I feel like I'm one of the best in the field when it comes to transcribing the shows. And it's it's fun because I want to help people enjoy their wrestling experience and get it without like star ratings and bookie tapes. I'm just telling you what I, I, tell, I tell you what happens on the show, so
2: right? Yeah, star ratings, give me a break.
3: Yeah, but um, I want to thank Nate and Bobby for sending questions this week. I appreciate you, good brothers. Um, last thing I wanted to mention here before we get to the next part of the podcast, um, like you and I have known each other for a while, I'd probably say six or seven years more uh definitely over the last couple years especially right um, and i just wanted to know from you like i know you don't do this regularly you have other stuff you have other priorities and stuff but from your time recording shows or i don't know if you ever like wrote for a site before in the past have you ever done that or not? i have a little bit yeah yeah for you, what, what has like your experience doing like wrestling media over years help you from a mental health standpoint or confidence or anything? How's the experience been for you? So uh, I definitely think,
2: you know, when you – there's a level of um, – for most of us, there's a level of like insecurity when you step, you know, live on the internet. Who knows who could watch, you know, whether you step on your words, you don't feel, you don't, you know, if you're not comfortable sitting here talking on the mic, I mean, so it's definitely helped me be more confident in just speaking in general. Um, That wasn't always a big strong suit for me. And I don't know that I would say it's a strong suit now, just being honest. It's a skill I've developed over the years. Um, but i 'm naturally more of an introvert as opposed to um, being extroverted so uh, and, and that you know and I think that 's what where it helps from a mental health standpoint as well is you know if you can be confident in doing something that is not naturally in your wheelhouse. It's like you know we uh, drew was uh, a second ago calling him a calling him a stooge, but like a guy like drew yeah, you know, I think that's more in Drew's natural wheelhouse, and so it comes easy to him. Or you know, you see guys—I uh, mean, any of these guys, any of the guys on TV—you know, that do stuff for WWE. Or, I mean, that's what they wanted to do, and so it's, it comes natural to them. Um, so when you can do something out of your comfort zone and you can feel like you do it, and I don't—I don't, I don't want to say I do this well, but I do it well enough to where. I feel comfortable doing it. Um, I think that that gives you an advantage and it gives you the confidence to not be afraid to try something new, which is something I think is important in life. You know, I've uh, the older I get and I'm a little bit older than you, the older I get um, challenges and experiences are something important, you know, because if you do the same things over and over and over again, life gets real monotonous and you kind of feel trapped. And, um, and when I personally feel trapped, that gets me in a really bad headspace uh, and gets me in a, you know, can get me into a dark place. And so being able to do things like this and challenge myself and do things that are out of my comfort zone makes me feel confident to do other things when they're presented to me, whether it's, you know, I, whatever, um, anything that's presented to me in that makes life a little more enjoyable. And so I, I think that's the biggest thing from a mental health standpoint is just, uh, doing things that stimulate your brain, because when you get in the same ruts and you get in the same routines, sometimes, you know, I I've been in, in places multiple times where it's like this is all life is. What's the point of going on? What's the point of continuing to do this? And so uh, that's something I've learned for me over the these last few years is something that I need to stay in a good place is I need to keep challenging myself and keep doing things that are out of my comfort zone.
3: And I'm sure another good part of that process is getting to meet new friends that you wouldn't think you'd Absolutely. have across the country and stuff like that. Like, uh, You know, one of the, I have like a select few guys that I looked up to as like kind of like motivation to start something like this. I always, like I said, I always wanted to do like be a wrestling play by play guy, but it's different getting into podcasting and talking about the business, and not sound like an idiot, trying to act like a know it all. Uh, there's guys like we all know, good friends of ours, like Damian Nelson and David Hiro, right. uh, guys we got to hang out with at WrestleMania, um, Justin Labar, Josh Eisenberg, who I got to know during my time at Russell zone and the other guy, uh, we got to hang out with the, um, Chris Van Vliet. Uh, it's another guy that I look up to as far as like his confidence and his journey. Like he even said on his shows that he was the introvert, like growing up and stuff. And the process of being a, uh, weekly or daily TV reporter and interviewing some of these celebrities he's interviewed over the years and having that, (laughs) uh, poise and confidence to carry himself that was, it's, it's something that's gratifying, but there's a lot of work that, uh, that goes into it too from a mental perspective. Not just the amount of work you're putting into shows, how much work you're taking out of yourself to better yourself and show yourself and do stuff that you never thought you'd be able to do. I never thought I was going to be <laughs> doing a wrestling podcast like this. And I, for a lot of years when I was growing up, I was so fixated on music. I was playing a lot of music around the city and I hid behind my guitar and I was a very shy kid. Uh, growing up and stuff like that, uh, so being a half freaking kid with dyslexia, sometimes uh, I didn't, I didn't think I had the confidence to do something like this. And uh, you know, get to meet you and get to hang out with Drew and stuff, meet him for the first time. That was really cool for me. You know, it was that trip for me in Tampa Bay. was a quick business trip for me. You know, right. I, I didn't get to see you guys outside just for the shows. Right. Even then, get to meet guys that I. Known on the internet, (laughs) you know how that interaction is going to be. Uh, I'm not one that feeds off obsessions of people. I don't need to talk about anybody. I go off of how people treat me. And the fact that I got to meet you guys and you guys treat me like I was a cool person to hang out with. And that was really cool for me because even then for me, doing podcasting and stuff and broadcasting for the last 10 years, I still have times for myself where I feel shy around people and this process is uh get to gain some new friends that I didn't think I would have and I, I appreciate for you and Blake for giving me the opportunity to talk shop with you guys when we were doing the SD stuff like stuff like that. that that was one of my favorite parts of the week just uh, talking shop with you guys and we had a good flow of shows we were doing I remember our SummerSlam review was a, a really fun and successful show um, calling in after seeing Punk debuted and stuff like that, this right. stuff like that—it's crazy to think about and how quick time has gone by. But yeah, I want to thank you and Drew for bringing me into your guys' uh, friendship and stuff like that because I, I do appreciate
2: it. I yeah, man. I mean, I, I think that you know, as much as I don't like to give him credit, that all goes to Drew because I mean, I knew like I knew you, it, but. Like I, you know, had wasn't really interacting with you at that point, and he asked me, and I was like, "Yeah, let's do it." And and things went well, and and yeah, I mean, you know, I think when you go into like, so part of life is being, you, you know, you mentioned how you retreated in music and stuff. Well, for me, you know, I was like, I when I was younger, I I hid behind, you know, the fact that I was the strong dude, and that like. You know, for lack of better words, tried to act like a hard ass. And I was a jerk to people. And I was – and as you get older, man, like you realize – like, you know, you, things don't have to be that way. And you don't have to be – like you can be open to, to hanging out with people you don't know. You can be open to – to new experiences. And that's what mania was. I mean, I'd never, you know, I knew who you were on the internet, but I'd never met you before. It's like, I'm not going to come down and act like, you know, who's this random guy. Like, I'm not going to talk to him. I mean, I barely, that's the first time I'd ever met Drew in person at that point. And mm-hmm. I hung out with him all weekend long. I mean, it was just taking a chance and, and it's worked out. I mean, you know, um, I never like, I knew who Drew was because I'm friends with, with Justin Labar and that crew. Didn't never met Drew before. Uh, saw what he was doing with us and he was like, Hey man, would like to, if you, if you have a spot, would like to, you know, I, I think I'd enjoy jumping in. I think I could offer some stuff. And we talked a couple of times and now he and I've turned into, you know, really good friends and I'm going up there this weekend to hang out and we're going to the the shows this weekend. Mm-hmm. and so when when you just take a chance
3: right um when i was um hanging out with you guys is like you know we were, the fact that we were all able to make that whole trip work and all that stuff with the pandemic that's obviously the first event ww's is doing in front of fans and stuff like yep. that. that that even that first night was crazy um the whole rain delay yeah. all of that. And then you guys came in right after the, uh, I think it was like the national anthem or something like that. And, um, stuff started. Going right.
2: McIntyre was coming down in the ring when we walked
0: in.
3: Yeah. Uh, this, that night and that two days was a lot of fun. And we got WrestleMania coming up in your neck of the woods. Uh, yeah, sir. I, I bought my package. Uh, Did you? All right. Uh, yesterday. Um, it was kind of, a, uh, you know, sometimes uh, my mom will bust my chops about, like, being cheap or whatever. I'm like, no, I'm not Mick Foley. I'm not cheap and stuff like that. Right. But it's a good reminder to treat yourself sometimes for the hard work you're putting in. Like, I'm not married. I'm not, I don't have kids. <laughs> right. You know, um, the fact that I'm able to be in a position that I can afford something like that is cool. Like, I- I'm excited to see. This is the first time I ever bought, like, a package like that. And I was looking into, like, the tickets and stuff for how it's going to be for WrestleMania and all the hotels and some like of that. And I was like, let me just get this. It's a guaranteed thing. I'm going to have my four nights in the hotel. I'm going to yes. have uh, bus transpa- uh, transportation, which is important, especially. Oh, I didn't I- know they did that. Okay. Yeah, so that's coming with thing and I, I thought that was very important for me because I, I mean, I probably spent too much on lifts and stuff when I was in Tampa.
2: Uh <laughs> yeah, and the public transportation down here sucks just like it did down there. I mean, there's no uh especially where the venue is. Um yeah, I mean, you would spend depending on where your hotel was, you'd spend an arm and a leg getting down there every time.
3: Yeah. But uh yeah, we're going to uh probably get more time to hang out next Absolutely. Year. Yeah, I'm excited about this one
2: cuz I don't have any expenses but going to the shows this round, so which is great for me. I can drive to the venue and drive home each night.
3: You got gas. That's it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> That's gas it. And, and getting into the show. That's all, all I got to worry about this round, which is awesome.
3: <laughs> gas and watching out for people blowing ass. Um, <laughs> How's it going, everybody? Getting ready to um, add in our last batch of questions we got this week come from the good brother Chris Saletta at X Teen, 24 x on Twitter. What's going on, brother? And this is the podcast this week as well. So thank you for the questions, as always. Um, here we go. He says, "What up, boost?" Here's some questions for the Q and A this week. If AEW was to do a World Tag League tournament, who would you put in it? Great question. Uh, I think we go with the obvious ones. You put FTR. You put um, the Lucha Brothers. You could put in maybe the Varsity Blondes if you want. AEW does have a lot of taxis, so I I guess you could necessitate a a, um, World Tag League type of tournament. If anything, here's my recommendation that I would do for AEW, especially if they want to make dark and elevation more interesting. Throughout a calendar year, whether you do a G1 style tournament or you do a World Tag League type of tournament, you dedicate that time and those matches to strictly dark and elevation. I don't think it fits on Rampage Due to the commercial breaks And when you're doing tournament matches I don't think you need to watch those matches Through picture in picture But if you want to do a world tag league Something like that You can do that on Dark and Elevation Not only will it bump up your viewership On YouTube and stuff But it has more incentive and care In my opinion Of course maybe you can do a world tag league On Dynamite I'm not really sure But like of course you put FTR, Lucha Brothers um You know Malachi Black and Andrade since they're a tag team. Uh, The best friends whenever uh, Trent comes back. I could look at the rest of the list. Uh, You know, maybe Cody and Dustin return uh, as a tag team themselves. Uh, Leo Rush and Dante Martin. Uh, You could have... There's a lot of options. I mean, (laughs) uh, the Butcher, the Baker, the Candlestick Maker, of course... Uh, even though I'm not a fan of Private Party or the Young Bucks, you could probably add those two on the list as well. There's just a lot of teams you could uh, pick out of the litter there for tag teams. Um, I know AEW does have a lot of tag teams, but that doesn't necessarily mean that their tag division is good. I mean, watch the AW tag match and you'll understand what I'm saying. That's a good question, though. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, when is the right time for Liv to beat Becky Lynch for the title? Wrestlemania Now I A lot of this is going to have to do with character work And how the presentation goes And I Guys you know me I love Liv Morgan She's up there for me in the waterfall category And all that stuff uh, Is there some stuff she could prove on in the ring Sure But uh, a lot of it has to do with How she's connecting with the audience And more of her presentation Is she becoming more provocative? Is she having more edge in her promo and how she's speaking and how she's caring for herself? You know, a lot of what made Becky as high as she was going into WrestleMania 35 was all the things I just mentioned. And that she had uh, nothing left to lose. Uh, She had a chip on her shoulder and stuff like that. If if Liv could carry this momentum going into the Royal Rumble next year... I think she has more than a logical way to, uh, you know, get to win the Rumble match and face Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. And I had it in my head already that I think the two people that are going to win the World Rumble next year is uh, Drew McIntyre and Liv Morgan. So I would to see um, why it would be a better scenario for Liv to beat Becky at WrestleMania and then maybe you can have Bianca turn heel on Liv Morgan after the fact. Who else we have to see who would you would you have done anything different around the survivor series men's and women's scenes uh not necessarily i'm actually looking forward to both of them um i know a lot of people are upset about the announcement on social media but again people need to stop acting like twitter's the end-all be-all or the gospel of what's over and not in wrestling i, I say this a hundred times <laughs> every single week but people seem to understand that, but, um, I like the teens, I really do, I know a lot of people are like, oh, really happy Corbin, like, the guy's good, give the guy his fucking props, sorry doesn't, sorry that he doesn't do a fucking, uh, no Shigami, or, uh, Death Valley Driver and stuff like that in his matches, he's good, he's a good heel, he's good at his work, I don't know why people get so... A bucks about Baron Corbin The guy's good at his job I, I love the way they added Bobby Lashley To the match this week on Raw I thought it was fantastic So I'm really looking forward to the men's match And I think the women's match Could have a potential I, I wouldn't say to steal the show But could be really a, a good underrated match On the card as well So um, I know a lot of people are like Why isn't Tony Storm uh, in this And Is Let's see how this goes uh, maybe some changes could come on the SmackDown side as well, uh, for the women. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Um, when do you think we see Pete done on Raw or SmackDown? Uh, after WrestleMania. Do you think MLW could be a major player for some of these free agents? Um, I certainly hope so. I was talking about this with Blake this week, and it's like, for me... I'm not going to give the pro wrestling industry a noble peace prize for the fact it took them 18 years to get to the point where you have viable options and sustainable options outside of the WWE. Uh, if anything, you should hold them to a higher standard, in my opinion. And I think that's kind of the thing that kind of not dricks me away from AEW. Like, I feel like people are too quick to put them over and anything they do is Teflon because they're the new company and they have this buzz. But I've been a wrestling fan my entire life. I started watching it in 1998. I've seen when TNA got hot and it sputtered out. I've seen when Ring of Honor got hot when it sputtered out. You guys know me from the beginning of the podcast That I was the biggest Lucha Underground fan in the world And that was the real alternative And how did that play out And then we don't need to go down the list of Impact Wrestling And Dixie Carter and all the stuff And the fact that they can't even hover over 100,000 viewers on television each week It's going to take a lot for me to buy into the fact that we're in the territories again And that the wrestling business is booming Because Ring of Honor... Just decided to fold their tents and release their entire roster. So it's not like everything in pro wrestling is great right now. I mean, we could buy that notion because you think everything AEW does that produces the great things and slice spread, more power to you. But let's be honest, the fact that MLW and NWA and Impact are constantly passed over when these free agents pop up, I don't think is a good look. And you know, of course, you know you have your Steve Macklins of the world, and et cetera, et cetera. That appears uh, from WWE, like Heath Slater and stuff like that, and Matt Cardona and Brian Myers. Good performance in the ring, but there's no game changers that go to these other promotions, and I think it's a shame. And and I mentioned this before. A lot of the WWE guys that have appeared in AEW, from a character standpoint are in position standpoint, are basically in the same position as they were when they were in the WWE, outside of John Moxley. And I hope MLW can be a major player for free agents. I feel like they're a game-changer away from elevating their stock in a higher ranking of wrestling promotions. It's a great company to watch. It's a great uh, promotion to cover. But I really do feel that, you know... Sooner or later, you guys gotta step up and get these guys, you know? That's a great question. Do you think Biggie gives Roman Reigns his first loss in almost two and a half years? Uh, Unless there's shenanigans involved? No. Uh, I'm excited for the match, but the tribal chief is gonna beat Biggie. It's rumored that Malachi Black could have a future stable. If so, who would you like to see in it? Well, Here's the thing I saw Dynamite last night I'm like so is the Pinnacle dead Like we constantly see uh, FTR and Black And Andrade uh, work together So is there a new stable that Oh we're we're released guys and we got Chips on our shoulders so we're gonna do that Bit again (laughs) so I I, I, I guess that'd be cool Um Maybe having Him and Ruby Soho would be Cool like, honestly, Butcher and the Blade should be with Malachi Black instead of the Hardy family office, but that's just my opinion. Thank you, Chris, for the questions this week, man. I appreciate you, my brother. As always, you guys can send questions for the Good Brothers Q&A session every single week on the Hoots Podcast. All you have to do is set us up at Twitter at Josh Media or email us at podcast at gmail.com. Now, folks, it's time to get to what happened this week in WWE, right here on the Hoots Podcast. Before we get to our main event segment of the podcast, which everybody always waits for. Um...
2: Yeah, I'm ready for this.
3: I, I've, I've heard it. I've heard about it. I've heard it. Well, I'm,
2: I'm interested to be a part of it.
3: Um... I do want to talk a little bit about um, WWE stuff uh, before we okay. get into AEW. I don't know how much you've been able to catch up with Raw SmackDown. We're just coming off the heels of the draft uh, last week. They had the Smack. They had the people from Raw on tour in England. This week they had people from SmackDown. Right. England, right now, so there are not some more matches for survivor series. Uh, on Raw this past Monday, and it's going back to the thing they did last year with the champions from Raw and Smackdown fight each other. So, you got Nakamura and being a priest, you got Charlotte and Becky. Uh, maybe get some more fisticuffs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's gonna go down. Uh, we have the announcements so of the men's and Women's survivor series scenes, kind of more interesting people in this. Then last year's, I I know there's a lot of complaining about the announcement on social media, something like that or whatever, but um, Roman Reigns and Big E, uh, that's uh, the main event. And then Usos and RK-Bro, that's uh, that's a big one there.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, from the match, like the the individual matches, all of them should be great. I mean, Nakamura and Priest should be really good. We, We know what Charlotte and Becky can do together. And and with just the potential, you know, even if it's realistic or not of potential real life conflict, I mean, it could make their match even better. Right. Uh, Usos and RK bros should be fantastic. And I think Roman and, and Big E, and I'll say this, and I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Big E win. I think they're positioning Big E to be a star and it doesn't hurt Roman at all to lose that match. If Roman loses, and you could do it in some kind of fluky way where the Usos and, and you know the new day come down and, and Roman gets distracted or whatever. But if Roman loses in a fluky way to Big E now, no you're gonna have the internet people that are gonna say, Oh my god, they ruined Roman Reigns, blah blah blah. No, they didn't. Nobody will think about it come January, Royal Rumble. Nobody will think about it when he's walking down last at WrestleMania Sunday night in April. Yeah, And it will do a lot for Big E to further Big E as a top guy in, in WWE now. Um, you know, as far as the matches, the, the the team matches, I didn't freak out like a lot of people did, but I won't lie. I thought that was a pretty lame way to announce the teams. Yeah. Um, and it, it just felt like WWE just kind of like, ah, let's just throw it on Twitter. Who cares? I mean, so... But you know, like we talked about, I, I don't, I don't look at wrestling like most people do in 2021, and I know you don't either. So it doesn't like I'm not not at the oh my god, Survivor Series is ruined camp or anything like that. It's, I just kind of thought, really, that's all we're gonna do. Yeah, that's kind of lame. Yeah,
3: and yeah, you know, we, don't, we don't we don't remember the last Survivor Series that had the. Survivor Series match close out the show. I think it was probably the one where um, Triple H turned on uh, Kurt Angle. I think it was. Um, so I, I, it had to be that one. It was like 2017, I think. It was right before like uh, Ronda Rossi came in. It had to be where um, Triple H turned on Kurt Angle in that Survivor Series. I think that's why the last one that closed out the pay per view. So
2: I think you're right. Yeah, you're, uh, they didn't the. The um the the year the nineteen when you were in Chicago, the, that match didn't close the show. No, it was that uh, Becky, Shayna, and Bailey. That's match. right. You're right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. No, I think you're right. It might have been seventeen. So, I, and my guess is it won't close the show this this year either. Roman and Big E will close the show.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Probably going to be Christmas time for you see a WWE pay per that's not closed out by the tribal chief.
2: <laughs> I mean, I I think you got to, you know, with, with Roman, I think he's in the position right now where Roman's either going go first or last.
3: Yeah. And for good reason. He's the top guy. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, he is the
2: star of the company right now. I mean, especially if some guy like Brock, if, you know, a guy like
3: Brock or like Cena's not there, I mean, Roman is the top dude. Uh, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this because even somebody who went to school for this, I know how ridiculous the Nielsen rating system is and how, uh, like, so, so many people go into buying about rounding errors and some of these metrics that they're going off with the demo and all that. Nice. Uh, but they had a report that Raw had, like, the lowest viewership for the third hour in the run of three hour Raws this past week. And Look, I'm not gonna sit here and play naive that everything that WWE does is good or anything. Of course not. Uh, I feel like we would be hitting a dead horse, and spending the entire show telling you what everything WWE is doing wrong.
2: Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent.
3: That's a hundred percent of every wrestling podcast you listen to. I hit on stuff that I personally don't have a care for, but I like to offer like different options, saying, "Oh, this is the fucking shit," <laughs> unless it's warranted, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like. Bailey, this is your life, stuff like that. Yeah, that's warrant to say, okay, that was hot garbage, you know, or a bad backstage promo or stuff with the 24-7 title, even though it was kind of funny that Byron at least had some come up in some Corey Graves this yeah. past week.
2: Yeah, I agree. So, uh, <laughs> uh,
3: gotta throw a guy a bone for some while, even if you don't think he's a good commentator. But um, anyways, um uh, there's always these debates about ratings and whether that's a indicative of how the company is at a certain point. Right now, they announced last week that they had like a high quarter revenue-wise. Um, and I know last week they broke previous records of revenue. So there's this debate about how you go about bringing viewership back to a level that it was – I I just think for me, with how television is, it's gonna be unrealistic to say that you're gonna have five million people watch a wrestling show on a Monday night. I just don't see that happening. I don't I don't care if you have uh, Rod, uh, no, you have um, what's his name? <laughs> uh, I this is I have a brain fart here for uh, a director. Spielberg, you have a Spielberg. <laughs> okay. You got Spielberg and Mozart, or anybody, write <laughs> your story for your show, and still, I just don't think you're gonna have that many people uh, watching it. I don't.
2: No, like, I. You're not. I mean, pro. Look, I I have watched pro wrestling. I've had a couple of periods in of my life where I haven't watched it, but over, I'll be forty in two and a half months. Right, and I have watched it. Far more in my life than I haven't. I, I mean, out of f- almost 40 years, I'm going to guess I've watched it consistently 35 out of 40.
0: Yeah.
2: Pro wrestling hit two periods where, you know, the Hulk Hogan period in the 80s, it was really mainstream. And then in the late 90s, it was really mainstream. I don't think it's going to be, uh, I mean, maybe, I'll never say never, obviously, but right now, Pro wrestling is a niche product. It appeals to pro wrestling fans. There is, you know, there is nothing about pro wrestling that grabs people. If you're flipping and watching Raw, it just doesn't grab people right now unless you're interested in it. I mean, um, and I think you see that because, you know, people love to talk about the WWE ratings, but guess what? The AEW ratings are sliding too. Mm-hmm. And I know he's your boy, but I know also know you're realistic when when we talk about this. Everybody, including myself, everybody thought, "Oh, CM Punk's going to AEW, they're going to be competing with WWE." Yeah. No, it spiked. Now they're back down consistently under a million for dynamites. I mean, I just don't think uh, pro wrestling, you know. If you're running a pro wrestling company, can you make money? Yes, you can make a lot of money. Can you draw people in buildings? Yes, you can draw people in buildings. But from a television standpoint, I just don't think pro wrestling appeals to a mass audience anymore.
3: Well, here's a question I asked for you, and I ask everybody that's listening to this. Can you tell me what pro wrestling is in 2021?
2: From a general term, no, because it's it's mm-hmm. different depending on who you watch.
3: The reason I ask that is as somebody who does break down the segments and typing down all the matches and stuff like that. I'm noticing more trends of people that rather see stuff that people discuss on Twitter be the storylines as opposed to characters actually bring something out of the fans and the fact that people mark out what people say about Cody Rhodes talking about a heel turn on AEW. Like, sooner or later, we're going to hear somebody mention booking on a wrestling show, and I'm going to lose my shit. Like, the fact that we have to bring in these dirt sheet terms into storyline angles. Like, cool. We had a, a a good face-to-face interaction with Eddie Kingston and CM Punk last week on Randy. Right. Right? But does anybody – a casual fan give two shits about a, a a tiff that happened 15 years ago at an Ian Rotten no. show. Nope. You know what I mean? And it's like like you said, it's a niche audience. It's a niche uh, outlook on the industry too and the way it's covered too. <laughs> well, yeah, and, you know, and, and that's why, but, and I think
2: you see, why is AEW so popular with that audience right now? Because they play to it. Everything they do is to pop the Twitter audience. WWE doesn't. They never have and they never will. And that's why WWE is so universally hated by that, that segment of the audience right now and why they don't like the product. And, I mean, you saw it today. You know, we're sitting here Wednesday. Dynamite's about to start in less than an hour. Tony Khan was on Twitter today begging people to share that Dynamite was on because he's
3: desperate to try to get his ratings up. And this is the go-home show for full gear. That's not a good look.
2: No. I mean, but that's what it is. It's just like, you know, you see so many people asking for, you know, and I've done it, so I don't want to sound like a hypocrite here. I've done it as well. But when you're – and you've done it too. When you're trying to share something, when you're building a podcast or an article or a blog you write or whatever – you're asking for likes and you're asking for retweets. But this is coming from a guy who's on national television, like in the head of a major wrestling company. I mean, uh, I I just, there's a lot of, like, I enjoy, I'm going to be in Minnesota in two days to watch live at Rampage and live at Full Gear because there's a lot about the AEW product that I really enjoy. There's a lot about the way they do things that I have issues
3: with. We're gonna get into that in a couple of minutes. That's for sure. Um, I want to ask you about this because we're we went over the Survivor Series stuff. I do want to mention really quick for those who are listening. Uh, if you do get time, you want to see like if you're like a big technical wrestling fan and stuff like that. I'd really, say go your way to watch XC UK because they do pop out some good content. Uh, I think the tag team pretty deadly be pretty entertaining on the on the main roster because they kind of have this. Um Will Farrow, uh, not nice at a Roxbury uh schtick, like <laughs> it, they're pretty entertaining. They're the current tag team champions. So I
2: don't watch NXT UK, but I have seen like those are the two guys with like the big long like flowing hair, right? Yes.
3: Okay. Yeah, they're pretty good. And then you, you got your stand up guys that you see on your independence, like Jordan Del Devlin or off who's a like oh, he's a beast. And then Walter he speaks for himself. Um, I don't know if they uploaded that show that hit not the show uploaded the match that him and Cesaro did in the uh, UK. I hope they do. I, I want to see that. For yeah. Um, uh, but hold back to WWE, what you, in your opinion, what do you think they can do in a way to? I don't know if you're gonna ever gonna gain more popularity from fickle Twitter because that's just successful in itself, but collectively, like, how you feel if you had the pencil, pal, if you had the pencil, like, in ways, how you, like, format the show in ways that you entice more viewers into the show, because that's obviously the thing that people mostly veteran about, especially on Monday Night Raw. Uh, we talked about it. I think I'm in agreement with you, I think SmackDown's the best overall show from a storytelling standpoint in wrestling today, but what can you do for Raw to get more juice out of it?
2: Well, uh, so that's a tough one because Raw, the fact that extra hour kills Raw. I mean, I can be like, I watch SmackDown every week. A lot of that has to do with Pat McAfee, not going to lie, but still, it's two hours. It's an easy watch. Just yeah. like, I mean, as goofy as Dynamite can be, Dynamite's a really easy watch every week. That extra hour kills Raw. So, I mean, You know, I'll be honest. I know most people hate it or or crap on it because it's, you know, oh, my God, they killed NXT. I think what they're doing with NXT 2.0, A, I think it's an entertaining show to watch. B, I think it's smart because somebody else has came into the wrestling scene and done NXT and done it on a grander scale than they were doing it. So what's the point of continuing to do that same style of wrestling when there's when you're in a you're in you're in an arena that has four or five hundred people and they're in arenas that have ten thousand people every week. So what's WWE doing? They're going back, they're getting younger, they're getting people that are, you know, his name is ridiculous, Braun Breaker. I don't know why you won't call him a Steiner, but the name is ridiculous. But when that dude comes on camera. He's got a hell of a presence and he's built and he's, you know, he sounds just like Scott Steiner, but I mean, so they're going back to their roots. They're getting people that look like stars. Look, I, I, I love a guy like Adam Cole. I think he is great in the ring. I think he's a great promo, but I'm more physically imposing than Adam Cole is. If you, if the two of us stood next to get next to each other, like, and I'm not physically imposing at all. <laughs> and so, like, I think what they're doing is smart. They're getting back to their roots so that, you know, AEW is going to do indie pro wrestling at a higher level. WWE is going to go back to putting on a show, and I, people hate it. It's not wrestling. It's sports entertainment, blah, blah, blah. They have their niche, and as long as Vince McMahon is – going to be around that's what they're going to do and so I mean I think what what you do is you go back to that formula like if you watch NXT 2.0 there's no 20-30 minute matches you know occasionally if you've got a world title match or something you want to put on Raw or something fine right. but give me quick hit segments you know whether it's a promo whether it's a match whether it's a backstage give me a lot of content and a lot of with people that when they pop on screen for example Mandy Rose when that girl comes on screen, I'm watching buddy yeah I mean that, give me a give me segments like that with people that catch my attention and stuff that is you know that I don't have to sit and watch for thirty minutes like give me a 10 minute match an eight minute match something that I'm per fine
3: Right, and I want to give a shout out to guys like Andre Chase because that guy's freaking hilarious first off. And, you know, he's playing a comedy bit, but he's maximizing his TV time. You know, JR has always mentioned that in the past, you got to maximize your TV time. Uh, I look yeah. at, um, you mentioned Braun Breaker. I look at Tony D'Angelo, the Paisa. Yeah.
2: great character. Yeah, uh,
3: Gabagool. got it. <laughs> that guy's a trip. And to your point about long matches, like last night, you know, they reshoot certain matches, but you know, you have a match the main event Pete Dunne and Carmel Hayes. That's not 30 minutes. It was a perfect time to tell this story and right. really not more for him and uh, Gargano for uh, War Games. I'm kind of curious about the, choosing War Games in the environment of 2.0, just like the, the look of it, you know what I mean? But I'm glad they are still like, doing takeovers. So that's a good
2: yeah, I saw people on the Internet today complaining about the fact that, oh, the TakeOver name's gone. Who gives a crap? They're still going to do the events instead of it's just going to be called Halloween Havoc, In Your House, War Games, whatever. Who cares? We we overanalyze wrestling far too much as a, not you and me, but as a general, you yeah. know, community in 2021.
3: Yeah, just don't make it December to then We're all good. <laughs> <laughs> um, on that note, let's get to what people are waiting for. All right. The of the evening. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another restaurant quality edition, as J.R. would say, of What the Hell is Wrong with A.W. We're going to start us off with Bernard Carter in a three, two, one.
1: It's time for What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. What the hell is wrong with AEW? Well... We're getting ready to head into Full Gear this weekend, and I have to admit, I didn't have a chance to watch all of Dynamite this week, so I thought I would just give a little brief, my thoughts on the brief recap of the show, and some of the things that I saw that had occurred on the show, Uh, just basically just reading off the reports, and then I will give my predictions, no, well actually, predictions, yes, for Full Gear, because I think Full Gear is going to be a complete piece of shit, but... Uh, Well, not complete. There's going to be some good matches on there. Um, But overall, I'm not looking forward to the pay-per-view. I will watch it uh via live stream if I can find it. But if not, I will not be giving All Elite Wrestling any of my money at all. All Elite Wrestling, which as I've discovered over the past week, All Elite Wrestling means it's all about the elite and nothing else matters. Which I hope AEW will prove me wrong this weekend. But... I am not holding out my hopes for that. So, let's get into uh, what I noticed on the show this week. So, first off, we have, uh, and I'm just reading here, apparently Orange Cassidy and his friends have been invited by Okada, Kazuchiko Okada, to join the Chaos Faction over in New Japan. This means Okada is going to show up on All Elite Wrestling. And, fine, you know, they'll do a one-off and it'll be like, ah! God oh God here. Oh, and then we'll near never hear from again the like they did with um, Hideo with when he made his one like oh my god bullet club is here blah 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 and it's gonna be fine whatever but again this company is not focused on building its own stars it's focused on focused on you know getting pops for building off the hard work of other people I.e ex-wwe wrestlers. Indy stars, New Japan stars. They're not interested in pushing their own talent. We're going to get to that in the main event um, of this pay per view coming up this weekend. But Daniel Bryson has a match against uh, Rocky Romero of the acclaimed. Right? No, no, no. I'm sorry. Uh, Brian Daniels was Rocky Romero. They're fine. They have a good match. Very good. Uh, okay. We have the Inner Circle and their promo with, the, uh, with Dan Lambert and America Top Team. From what I understand, this was a short segment, which is good. Uh, This is exactly what this needs. I don't want anything too long with this because this this feud has gone on too long and I don't care. This segment, by and large, I don't care about, which I don't really care about this feud at all. We'll get to my predictions here in a little bit. Uh, let's see, skipping ahead, skipping ahead, oh yeah, Jungle Boy takes on Anthony Bowens of The Acclaimed, The Acclaimed, which is, might be, besides the elite, the most annoying wrestlers on the planet, get them off my television, Max Caster needs to go home and stay home. Uh, Adam Cole and Bobby Fish at some point had an encounter, which we knew was coming, and that's fine, I don't have a problem with that. Adam Cole will turn on Bobby Fish, you know, and they made some, of course, undisputed references and stuff, which I actually don't have a problem with. That's fine. Um, No big deal there. Uh, You knew they were going to do it. Um, Okay. The Hardy family office continues their feud with Orange Cassidy and whatever. I don't care about. This is why we say no whenever we do that on our show now because Matt Hardy and the Hardy family office are shells of themselves and should be annoyed and, or should be ashamed of how annoying they are and just how much Hardy's career has tanked since joining all elite wrestling. Uh, From what I understand, Dante Martin and Leo Rush battled Matt Seidel and Lee Moriarty and probably had a good match. I would imagine. I like Leo Rush. I like Dante Martin. Um, I'm indifferent on Matt Seidel and Lee Moriarty, but I'm sure it was a good match. Um, Again, I like Leo Rush and I like Dante Martin. So, We'll see what happens with that. I'm sure Pack and Dax Harwood had a good match. I think they're both good. And then I had a chance to watch the Hangman and um, the Hangman promo with Kenny Omega. They posted that on YouTube. And actually, I didn't mind the promo, Thought the promo was fine. Um, It was a good setup for the main event, which is fine. The only thing about this promo that annoyed me was the return of Don Fallis, a.k.a. Don Callis, who I think is one of the most annoying people in all of professional wrestling. I can't stand Don Callis. I hate Don Callis. Don Callis is a—Don Callis— Needs to go away and stay away. I do not want to see him on my television at all. He brings nothing to, well, the elite brings nothing to professional wrestling. But Don Callis especially brings nothing to the elite. And I I just, this part of it, i just like, really? They couldn't have just left it on a handshake or whatever. I mean, there had to be some sort of physical altercation. I would love to have seen Hangman Adam Page stay strong. But whatever. Um, so anyways, those are just some brief thoughts on Dynamite based on what I read from the reports. Now, let's get into my predictions. Yes, because that's what I think of all elite wrestling, and that's what I think of of this pay-per-view coming up this weekend i hope it's good and i hope i'm wrong and you know that everybody's going to go completely bat shit ape shit crazy over every little thing on this pay-per-view and say that wwe is dead and buried um so just watch by the way if you check out social media at about 11 p.m eastern on saturday you're going to say that you're going to see that aew is the greatest wrestling company in the world and that wwe is complete trash and that aew is going to buy wwe or whatever so just know that that's going to be coming, That's and that's not a prediction, that's a spoiler. You watch and see. But let's go over the card real quick. Um, I'm reading this card off of CBS Sports, and I'm going from the bottom working up uh, to the main event. Christian Cage and Jurassic Express versus the Super Click, Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. Obviously, the Super Click will work here, will win here, because again, it's all elite wrestling, and unless you're in the elite, you don't matter. So, Adam Cole, and this will be a fine match. Um, Adam Cole's great, the Bucks suck. Um, Kristen Cage is meh. Uh, I like Jungle Boy. Luchasaurus is meh. So the only thing that I really care about seeing here is Adam Cole and Jungle Boy. Because I think Adam Cole is one of the best in the world. But um, anyways, those are my thoughts on that. Darby Allen versus MJF. Uh, the two pillars of AEW, as MJF says. Uh, I'm going to take MJF to get the win here and continue their feud. I, I, I'm going to hope that AEW actually tries some long-term storytelling here. I don't have hopes for that. Um, but considering um, how convoluted the world title picture is right now, well, not convoluted, but unfocused on other folks right now. It's focused on, you know, the elite, obviously Hangman Page, and then the winner of the of the um, of the tournament. So I'm gonna say that MJF gets the win here, and they'll continue this feud for a little while longer. AEW Tag Team Championship, Lucha Brothers and FTR. This will probably be the match of the night, in my opinion. And, um, I think this is going to be a great match. I'm taking the Lucha Brothers to retain here. Um, uh, no reason to take the titles off of them yet. Uh, but this is, this is probably going to be the match of the night, for sure. And I'm taking the Lucha Brothers to get the win here. The Inner Circle. Uh, Jericho, Hager, Guevara, Santana Ortiz versus the Men of the Year. Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky and American Top Team, Junior Dos Santos, Andrea Arlovsky, and Dan Lambert. Uh, I'm going to take men of the year and American top team to get the win here. And I'm going to say that Jake Hager turns on the elite or on the inner circle and joins American top team because, I mean, Jake Hager is completely useless. They need to get him away from the inner circle. And I mean, again, AEW is not this smart, but I'm going to this. I guess I'm kind of giving my what I think should happen. And I'm going to take the I'm going to say that Jake Hager turns on the inner circle and joins American top team and says that. And this feud will continue because there's nothing else for these clowns to do. CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston. Um, This feud seems like it's been thrown together. and, And I echo what Josh said on the podcast last week. Punk is just there. You know, he's just, you know, he hasn't really done anything of significance except cut amazing promos. But he's just there. But he is going to get the win over Eddie Kingston here. There's no reason to have Punk take a loss here. So I'm going to say that CM Punk uh, beats Eddie Kingston, and then eventually we'll get a match with John Moxley down the road once Moxley returns. Moxley and, and Kingston can be heels in that sense and say you never cared about me, and that action might be kind of cool to see. Brian Danielson versus Miro in the finals of the World Championship Eliminator Tournament. Brian Danielson gets the w- well, yeah. Brian Danielson gets the win here because they're, but there is going to be a swerve here, and we're going to get to that in a second here. But I'm going to say that Brian Danielson gets the win here. Um, obviously, they're trying to capitalize on Daniel Bryan's success because they are not capable. Well, of course, he's, it's really this is Daniel Bryan versus Rusev is really what this is, um, which we've seen several times before. But now it's amazing because it's Brian Danielson versus Miro and it's under the AEW banner, which is a complete load of shit anyway. But um. Yeah, so uh, Brian Danielson gets the win here because, again, they're not going to build their own stars. They want to capitalize on the momentum that they're getting with Daniel Bryan. So I'm taking Brian Danielson to get the win here uh, and be the new number one contender for the AEW world title. Women's Championship, Britt Baker, DMD, versus Ty Conti. Ty Conti is a bright and shining star in the women's division. However, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, is the one of the top two folks in AEW besides MJF. And uh, Britt Baker retains here. No reason to take the title off of her just yet. I don't see any reason to do that because besides her and Anna J, there really is no, well, that's not true. You know, they've got Ruby Soho and they've got uh, Red Velvet, Jade Cargill. So there is some potential there, but I'm going to say that Britt Baker retains here and hopefully we'll get a match with her and Jade Cargill down the road. And then finally, the AEW World Championship. Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page. Now, logic tells me that Kenny Omega is going to retain here because, again, if you're in the elite, you don't matter. However, I'm going to take a chance here, and I'm going to say that Hangman Adam Page is going to win the AEW World Championship. I-, I just, for some reason, I sense they're finally going to give the fans their moment, and I I think because they're gonna do this, then the fans are gonna go, oh my god, they're finally doing it, they're finally doing it. AEW is amazing, WWE is complete shit, blah, 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 blah. And that's and then social media will blow up with that. So I am gonna say, and I hope, hope, hope I'm right, but I'm gonna say that Hangman Adam Page is your new AEW world championship. And those are my predictions for what the hell is wrong with AEW. And I hope that this is gonna say that lead us to saying that what the hell is right with AEW? But I'm not holding my hopes up. Seriously, what the hell is wrong with AEW? This has been What the Hell is Wrong with AEW!
3: Thank you, brother Carter, for your submission this week. I appreciate you, my man. As always, make sure you follow Derek at Twitter at DerekStyle. That guy's a trip. He's a... Good brother, good brothers, I appreciate you for your contributions to the show, my man. Um, I'm glad to have Blake here partaking his first What the Hell is Wrong with aka What isn't wrong with <laughs> <laughs> um, uh For those who don't know the segment, we're feeding off the notion that they do nothing wrong. Don't take this too seriously. Which is how
2: most people act.
3: I, I spend collectively more time covering AEW than I do to WWE. So I'm in the right to criticize what I want to criticize. You gotta
2: cover those 25 <laughs> match dark cards, man.
3: Yeah, 15 last night. Of <laughs> <Lord>. Almighty. <laughs> you, wanna, you wanna know what the main event was last night?
2: I don't know. Bear Country versus the, the Dark Order?
3: No, it was uh, Christian Cage in the Jungle Express against the Hardy Family Office. My oh, God. God. <laughs> wow, alley, pal. Uh, <laughs> I I've never seen a show have more useless matches than the fact that CM Punk validated that Dark and Elevation are useless in his promo last week. This tells you everything you need to know. Right. Um, <laughs> so, Brett Carter touched on more on what happened on Dynamite last night. Uh, so, me and Blake are gonna hit more into what's going on on Saturday uh, for the pay per view. You're gonna be there with the New York Stooge. Uh, targets right. their home of the Timberwolves. I will say it's cool that they're having their views more in bigger name arenas. I think I agree. That's a good thing I think it's a good thing, and um, the good thing for AEW, I always give credit for that. That they have people that come out of state to watch these big time shows. Like I, I was sitting next to people that came in from Nebraska the night that CM Punk uh, made his AEW debut with the United Center. Wow. <laughs> like this random people that go out of the way. And you know, that's a good thing for the product As much as I give it grief when it's warranted. um, They, they have an audience and they'll fly to anything that they do. <laughs> you know, that's just what it is. But um, I agree. I mean, i I'll, I'll be honest with you. Part of the motivation for me to go
2: is I haven't been to one of their shows in person yet is that audience and the energy in those buildings. Like, like for me, going back to so money in the bank it was I went to money in the bank here in July, I had more fun experiencing the audience than I did watching the actual show live mm-hmm. and, and that's part of why i want part of the motivation I want to go to this show is because I want to you know
3: be there for the audience as mm-hmm. as goofy as they are. They also seem like a lot of fun. I was gonna ask if you guys were gonna go to the Vikings game, but they're in LA this weekend against the Chargers. I'm not going
2: to watch that stupid team, even if they were in town.
3: They do have a dope stadium. I hope they use it for WrestleMania down the road. Um even though the team sucks up. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I just gotta call it like it's the yeah, we talked about it in the previous show for the NFL that I thought that Mike Zimmer has ran his course. Oh, he won't
2: make he won't finish the season. Or if he does, he'll be fired on black Monday, right after the season's over.
3: That's the shoot, pal. Um, so, said so talking about Dynamite, because it was more of your typical show going to and so the pay view and some of the matches was, was Brian Danson and Rocky Barrow. Good to see those guys from their time uh, back in Japan. But also, going, going back to the casual fears, Do anybody know that Rocky and Brian Danson were in the New Japan Dojo 20 years ago? No. <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, so, we're going to get into this. Uh, since this is your first time partaking in this segment, I'm going to okay. give the floor to you and tell you. Let the audience know what, in your opinion, is wrong with AEW. If there's anything you've been holding off that you wanted to get off your chest for a while, anything related to AEW, the floor is yours.
2: Uh, oh boy, you didn't you didn't give me this beforehand. So I said, um, man, you know, I mean, I think for me." More than the show itself, because I don't overanalyze a wrestling show like most people do. This narrative that is put out by AEW themselves, as well as all of the the site writers, your Wade Kellers, your Dave Meltzer, and the fans, that everything they do is absolutely perfect. Like, for example, this card this weekend. Good should be a lot of good matches. I saw somebody post this weekend that it was the best pay per view card of 2021 so far. Oh God! No, it's not. Page and Hangman should be, or Page and Hangman. Omega, the same guy. Yeah. Omega and Hangman should be really good. Uh, Brian and Miro should be good, but we've seen it before. We've seen it in WWE, so I know what the matches. I'll be honest. I don't give. The promo was great. I don't give a rat's ass about seeing CM Punk and Eddie Kingston because I I really enjoy listening to Eddie Kingston talk. Personally, Eddie Kingston in the ring doesn't do a whole lot for me.
3: The physicality was not good on Rampage. I, I
2: agree. Know. Um, Big Britt Baker fan. Excited to see her
3: live. Um, Ty Conti. Yeah,
2: I, big, I I enjoy Ty Conti. You know, the, the Young Bucks and Adam Cole versus Jurassic Express and Christian. I'm sure it'll be a great match. Doesn't really sell the show for me. Um, the tag match between Lucha Brothers and FDR. Excited to watch that. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what else is on the show off the top of my head, to be honest with you.
3: I'll start off with this before we make predictions. Uh, this is a good way to start to stop. I could give two shits about the inner circle of oh the- yes the- oh my God uh, who gives a rat's ass about that shit the fact that we're hanging this carrot of them possibly disbanding for I, it has to be at least the fifth or sixth time since the group been together I'm glad it- you brought that up because um, my
2: thought was and I think I even tweeted it last Wednesday or Friday when Jericho said the inner circles reunited I was like wait did they did did they break up? Like, just because they weren't on every single show together doesn't mean they're not a group anymore, right?
3: Yeah. I hope Junior Dos Santos hammers down on Jake Hager, okay? Because the fact that people are still convincing me that Jake Hager should cut promos, they're out of their ever-loving mind. Yeah. Yeah. Jake Hager
2: can kick my ass, but I have no problem saying that. I, I would prefer he never speaks again.
3: That promo that they had last week they were going back and forth picking out who they're going to be in the match. I'm a sinner, and it's going on and on and on and on. And then Jericho has to bring up Page Van Zant's OnlyFans page as if he's not subscribed to the fucking thing like, <laughs> as a talking point. And then, and like, who's getting over here? You got a heel faction against another heel group that's rooted with MMA fighters. For me, I. I'm hit and miss with MMA. I liked it when I was in high school, more when UFC was more widely popular, but I don't watch right. it now. And I think a lot of the overabundance of people pretending to be Mf- MMA fighters is kind of taking my lust out for certain performers. Uh, it's like, you're not MMA fighter, and I can't take your work seriously. If you can pretend that you can do uh, spinning roundhouse kicks and all these little different leg lines. Look, cool, it's impressive. You're an athlete, you can pull that off, but like, Oh, American Top Team. Here's Andre Orwalski. Here's Junior Santos, who, who could probably barely walk in five years from now. Uh, well, get- so, the, you know, the goal of this, uh, you know,
2: was, I think, obviously to make Paige and Scorpio Sky feel more important and to get them over, right? It yes. hasn't done it. No. They, they're no different than they were on their own, except they just have Dan Lambert cutting promos for them. I'll tell you the one thing, the one thing I liked about that segment, and I agree with you, Jericho's, I mean, Jericho makes me laugh, but his shtick. We've been hearing it for 30 years now. Um, I, for a split second, thought, okay, if they put Paige Van Zandt in this match, I'm in because, and I told Drew this off, you know, in just a phone conversation. Tony Khan would, and I don't know, I don't follow Paige Van Zandt on social media. I don't know if she's trying to get into wrestling. If she is. Yeah. Tony would be smart to snap her up. WWE wanted her a few years ago. That girl's got a lot of it factor, and that girl could be a major star for them if she wants to get into wrestling. Um, that was the only part about that segment that I enjoyed was listening to her because I thought, okay, Paige's got something. Paige? I, I, I could watch Paige. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that match, I could give a shit about. Like... I mean,
3: I don't even care who wins.
2: I I mean, the inner circle is going to win, I I would think. But, yeah, I don't care. I mean, it's like, there is, you know, Dan Lambert's promos were funny and cool for like two weeks, but when he's doing the same exact thing for six weeks straight, like, it's like anything else. Like, okay, cool. Like, saw you do this in Houston. Saw you do this in
3: Wichita. Now we're doing it in Indianapolis. All right. Awesome. Yeah. They, they dangled the care that they're going to split up three different times in Jacksonville too. Uh, I I, I mean, I just,
2: I almost would, I I think at this point I would rather see ATT win if it means the inner circle is going to split up and they're going to do something different, but I don't think that's, what's going to happen.
3: I don't, I don't think so either. Uh, It's, I don't know. It's like, what's going to have a worse payoff? This group disbanding or who's the anonymous general manager of Raw? Like, <laughs> um, anyways, let, let's go to the next one. I, I do agree with what you said about Paige Van Zandt. Oh, she's a star. And that's, she's um,
2: got... If she wants to get into pro wrestling, I would... And I was running a company, I would
3: snap her up. In a minute, pal. Um, let's see. Next one. You know what? <laughs> this... Talk about what's wrong with AW having two hardcore matches, two hardcore tag team matches. We're having a Minneapolis Street Fight that could probably go all around the arena, and we're also having a false count anywhere's trios match where oh, yeah. we have the Hardly Boys and Adam Cole against the Jungle Express and Christian Cage. Uh, I think I do remember. <laughs> Did you say the Hardly Boys? <laughs> yeah, the Hardly Boys. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> um, so we have this trios match. And this is another running feud that doesn't seem to stop for whatever reason. I do remember mentioning it on S&E that once Brian Danson was going to come to A.W., it was going to be associated with these goofballs. Um, but yeah. here we are. We have this six-man. Here's the thing for last week that I didn't understand. Why are baby faces giving concertos on the stage? I could understand Edge doing that to Seth Rollins with a grudge feud and he's going right hitting his house. But Christian giving Adam Cole the chairs on stage, for what?
2: I think they're trying to force, force you that, you know, force feed you that this is a grudge fe- feud and they haven't done enough to really show you that it is. Um, you know, I didn't even really think about the fact, and I think you're right, that is bad. It's going to be very interesting to me where these two matches are on the card. I you have to space them way out. If you run them back to back, like what's the point?
3: Yeah, you're gonna have not only that, you, you have you're gonna have shenanigans at both matches. Obviously. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're gonna have uh Brandon You got three guys in in the in the inner circle match that can't wrestle. Right. <laughs> and who knows if Dan Lambert's gonna bring somebody in tonight uh last minute to replace them. Like you don't know what's gonna happen. Hopefully Paige. Yeah. And here's the thing. You're probably going to have Brandon Cutlick come out. You're going to have oh, Michael knocking, knocking the fuck off. Uh, he's probably could to come out there too. And it's like, every, every I understand they're the EVPs and their heels and they're trolling everybody. And if you're a Young Bucks, Elite, Die more power to you. But for me, I can't take their work seriously, first off, because their tag matches make absolutely no sense. <laughs> and. Dude, they make referees look stupid with every single match that they have. Now they have the bailout option that this is a false call. Anywhere matches, that's right. not a problem. I mean. But, <laughs> of course, we're going to have that quartz rep out there, probably out there. Is he the referees ever see a young buck match. It's it's repetitive. You, if you've seen one Young Bucks match, you've seen all of them. And I hate that Adam Cole Like – I'd rather have him fight Jungle Boy on this show by right. himself than be associated with a goof fest. That's why I call them the Goof Squad, because everything's a fucking joke to them. And I, okay, you you have the Twitter behind you, but are you doing anything to benefit your characters or anybody that you're feuding with? Like,
0: yeah. Like
3: no, that? I mean,
2: I really enjoyed the Young Bucks turn at first when it first happened, when they first came out and started wearing all this ridiculous crap, but I agree. It's starting to, I mean, it needs to. You know, maybe not, they don't need to go back to being baby faces, but we need to kind of have some kind of shift.
3: Yeah. Uh, let's get into Britt Baker and Ty Conte. Um, this one kind of speared up last minute as far as like, okay, Ty Conte Ty is the number one contender. I think maybe they kind of were trying to find somebody to pick because they're starting off this TBS woman. Yeah, everybody, everybody worth fighting in the other tournament.
1: Yeah. For so, the belt
3: that they don't need. Yeah. So they. They picked Taikati. I see more for work. I see a darkened elevation, and she has a lot of two or three minute matches. Uh, I mentioned it last week, uh, not last week, the other day, that a lot of darkened elevation is just stats padding. Like you're just padding on yes. more wins and stuff like that. And okay, if you want to add a sports element, fine. But I think this would be a good match. Just one of the uh, matches I'm looking forward to. Because of Britt Baker, and I think she could bring something else outside content that we haven't seen. Um, because she doesn't get a lot of airtime on TV, usually she's running around with Anna Jay or you know, right. a select match here and on Rampage. Um, I'm intrigued by this match because Britt Baker, kind of like Charlotte in ways, could bring out more emotion. Uh, for right. opponents, and I think it's to be a good match. Obviously, Britt's gonna retain here, but yeah, uh, this, this should be a good one.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be solid. I mean, and I'm interested. Um, you know, I don't watch Darker Elevation, so I don't see Ty Conti. I like what I see, um, and enjoy her when she is on, you know, Dynamite or Rampage. Whenever I watch Rampage, but um, yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm I'm a huge fan of Britt. Got to meet Britt back in the day when she was just training up there in Pittsburgh with with LeBar and his crew. So I've been a fan of her from you know since the jump and. Uh, This, I mean, she, from a character standpoint, and she's getting better and better in the ring from, and, you know, my opinion doesn't matter. I've never worked in the ring, so I don't know much about it. But from from me watching, she's getting better and better in the ring.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, And she's just fantastic. And then, yeah, you know, I think uh, going back to the TBS title thing, I think that's such a big mistake for them. I mean, you know, they, slammed, they had to slam this Ty Conti match because Statlander, um, Jade, Ruby, uh, Thunder Rosa are all in this, this, you know, this tournament for another title. Like, you need to – you're just starting to get a – you were just starting to build a good division with a lot of girls in there that can, can work and, and have really solid matches. Now you're, you're, you're kind of doing, you know, something that people have criticized WWE about too many titles and all this stuff. And you don't have enough people in these divisions. They're doing the same thing. like I, so I, I mean, I'm really, I'm excited to watch this match live. I'm excited to be there. You know, like I was talking about with the crowd, I'm excited just to be there to experience Brit's interest because from a TV standpoint, it always sounds loud as hell. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I it, I agree with you in the standpoint that it, it does seem like it was just kind of thrown together real quick because, oh, crap, we got a pay-per-view. we got to get Brit on there in some way, shape, or form.
3: Yeah. I was looking into the rest of the card. I was in agreement with you. Um, I think FTR and uh, Lucha Bros is going to be a very good match. Um, I'm kind of split 50-50. I, I can see an angle, and maybe they want to have FTR hold both titles. I don't know if this is going to be a short thing. Obviously, Lucha Brothers had a really good performance at All Out for the last pay-per-view when they won the titles. Uh, I'm curious to see how they play this out, but maybe people will be like, oh, you're doing 50-50 booking. Huh? You had uh, XR win the triple triple AAA tag titles, but you can <laughs> That's the nonsense stuff there, but I think this could be a good match. I, I This is up to the air for me. I'm fine with either team winning here. Uh,
2: yeah, I am too. I mean, I, I think I would probably lean – Lucha Brothers, because, I mean, I will say that is one thing that I have liked about AEW is in their run, is they don't you know, outside of, I guess, Cody when he you know, and, and Brody Lee back in the day they don't hotshot titles like WWE does.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, so, I would but, I mean, FTR is FTR I mean, if they win, I'm not going to complain about it.
3: Here's the next match that I'm looking forward to the most actually. Uh MJF against Darby. Oh yeah. Okay, that's what I forgot. Um MJF for me is one of my main reasons for not losing my sanity watching these shows. <laughs> uh, uh he's definitely one of the best pure performers uh in, in wrestling. I don't think he gets enough credit for what he does in the ring, and I think that's gonna be on showcase uh with Darby right. uh on full gear. I'm glad this is not a no-DQ match, and as much as I have a lot of respect for Sting and stuff like that, sooner sooner or later, Darby needs to win on these big matches without having him there at ringside. Yeah, but I don't think
2: he's going to win this one.
3: I don't either. That's the thing. But also, I don't think that hurts Darby either, just like how when he lost to CM Punk uh, at All Out. It didn't. Effective either. I think MJF is on another level, and the fact that he's not a world champion by this point is kind of ridiculous uh, in my opinion. He's that good. I don't know how much longer he's going to be for the company. I don't know what his contract status is, but uh, this is the one for me that I think can sealed the show from a storytelling standpoint. Darby's widely, widely over with the audience obviously, and MJF just <laughs> the heat upon heat, but this is going to be a damn good match. I'm looking forward to it. You know, and you just mentioned the heat thing,
2: man. I'll, I'll tell you what, MJF, like I said, I've watched wrestling for as long. I mean, here's a dude, I don't know if I'm getting soft, you know, like I said, being about to turn 40, but here's a dude that can cut promos on people that I don't know, never met in my life. And make me genuinely uncomfortable watching it. Like, the shit he said to Brian Pillman.
0: Yeah. Like, was- I,
2: I told multiple people, Drew being one of them. Couldn't do that with me. I, like, if you would have said, hey, man, you cool if I say this? Like, no. If you say that to me in front of national, I'm going to beat your ass. I'm just telling you that right now. We're going to throw for real. Um the The balls that kid has, man, to say the stuff he does, I mean from I appreciate it, but at the same time, he makes me uncomfortable as shit and uh, I I've seen, to jump too man I've seen a couple of people mention this, and I don't you know what I would do honestly is we just i just said they don't hot. Shot, i would hot shot title one time if which I think he will. If Hangman wins Saturday, the next Dynamite is in Norfolk, which is basically his hometown. Mm -hmm. I would have MJF goat him into a match somehow, and I would have MJF walk out of Norfolk as the champ. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about effing heat. If that dude beats Hangman, in his hometown four days after he wins the title after he's chased it for two years.
3: Holy hell. Yeah. <laughs> There's gonna be a lot of uh riots on social media for that, Mike. But
2: uh, yeah, I, I won't take that's not my I've seen it on social media, so that's not my idea, but I've seen it and boy you won't sign me up for that heat.
3: It's intriguing for sure. I agree with you on that. Uh, let's read through these next couple of matches here. Uh Brian Danielson against Miro. I got Danielson here. Like you said, we've seen this match in WWE and I Thought the whole bracket for the world title eliminator tournament was kind of fugazi, to be honest with you. Oh, no, it's terrible. It, it was so predictable to the point, but I do want to say our thoughts go out to and hope Absolutely. Great recovery. So, but even that with the top tournament, it was so predictable that it was going to be him and Danielson in the finals. Right. I was like, okay, here we go. I'm supposed to convince myself that Boxley was going to be healed by then. Um, but so, uh, it's like John Massey, John Massey, like, you can't tell me that he's a heel. This, this no, a heel. he won't
2: ever be booed, but I think he was going, he's positioned, you know, he's going to be, just like Britt Baker's not booed, but she's a heel, you know, character-wise. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this match, whoever wins this match, and I, I lean Danielson, but I think whoever wins this match is going to be indicative of where they go with Paige's title reign. If Miro wins, they're going to run with Paige. If Danielson wins, the MJF thing might happen. And think, sign me up for Danielson and MJF running a program for a few months. Right. Uh, see a punk against
3: Eddie Kingston. What do you got in this one?
2: I, I mean, I think punk wins. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll credit I'll credit our friend Drew with a comment he told me on the phone the other night. Uh. This match is something that would headline a bingo hall, according to Drew a. at Andrew Badala on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that I'd go that far, but um, you know, <laughs> it's pretty rough. But yeah, I mean, I think Punk wins. I-, I think they're doing something with Punk. You know, when he comes out, they mentioned, "Oh, he's five and zero so far in AEW." I think you're going to see Punk go on a long undefeated streak, and whether that's, um. He goes on a long undefeated streak and ultimately wins the title, or he goes on a long undefeated streak and it's kind of like, "Hey, what the hell? I'm seventeen and zero. I'm twenty and zero, and I haven't got a shot at this." And that ultimately leads to him turning heel, yeah. which I think he desperately needs to do because Punk. I love the fans. I love. I love Fest. CM Punk sucks so hard to me. Mm-hmm. Like I need. I. I want. I like CM Punk, really enjoy him. I need CM Punk with an edge. I don't need I love everybody. CM Punk.
3: I got uh, Punk winning uh, via referee stoppage. I think he makes Kingston pass out to the Anaconda Vice.
2: I, I mean, and I think that's smart because
3: you know at least Eddie looks tough and
2: he doesn't just look like he got stomped by stomped out by Punk.
3: Mm-hmm. This is the last one we'll get to right here. Um, Kenny Olivier against Hangman Page for the AEW World title. Oh, uh, <laughs> Don, Don uh, Kallis has been missing on television. Not that I've been missing him on TV, but he has not been on TV for the last month or so. I don't know what's going on with him, but he'll probably be there on Saturday. Uh, I have Olivier retaining here. Nothing it, they've done storyline-wise has told me that Hangman Page is going to win. Not him coming out in that stupid ass marshmallow <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Uh, I unloaded on that <laughs> tag match a, a couple episodes. Yeah, it was bad. I repeat myself. That was nonsense. Uh, and the fact that's going to be in the video package for your world title main event—that's that's a problem. Um, I think that's something
2: a, that if it was on WWE TV, would have been crucified. hammered by everybody.
3: Crucified. Uh, yeah, I got for me, I have to be, I'll believe it when I see it, approach. Kind of like how when CM Punk show up in AW, I'm having the same thing with Heyman Page because I'm not convinced. Would I love to see him win a title? Would that be a good moment, having a homegrown guy win the title? Absolutely. But I have seen nothing that convinces me that he's uh, winning the title on Saturday. I I hope I'm wrong. I think there's going to be shenanigans somehow. I think Olivier's going to retain and they're going to find a way to have him against Brian Danielson at Revolution, which will be their uh, next debut, or ever the first special show they have on uh, TBS next year. So, Um, yeah, I got Omega retaining, unfortunately. (laughs) So
2: I'm going to stick with Paige. I mean, um, I think the way you explain that makes sense. You know, I think it comes down to, again, what you can believe from the people that supposedly know it all. You know, people have said that Kenny's, hurting or needs time off for months now yeah um but i'm gonna go with Paige because i think that's where they've been going and like i said just a few minutes ago ever since i've saw it i really like the idea of hot shotting it to mjf in pages hometown four days later so i hope that's where they're going
3: one last thing here for what the hell is wrong with aw before we head out blake Okay. Um, I know you're going to be with the New York Stooges this yes. weekend. Um, Stooging it up. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to tell them as far as the your guys um, your debate, if you will, a couple of months ago about the ratings and who's been brought in since then? Is there anything you'd like to mention about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who was right? Never yeah. hit
2: 1.5 and not even under a million. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He knows. He won't admit it, but he knows he's a stooge.
3: And I was right. I saw something on Twitter that somebody said in 2022, Fox is going to dump SmackDown for uh, AEW. I got a good laugh out of that. (laughs) Uh, The only reason Fox
2: even bought WWE, Fox didn't give a shit about wrestling. WWE is a name brand. It's content. And AEW, I mean, I think AEW will get a fairly solid deal when theirs come up. but. I, they're not going to Fox. They can't even draw a million people consistently. Like, I mean.
3: Look at the Rampage numbers.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's t- uh, some of that's time slot. I will give them a little break on that. But, yeah, I mean, they're not. They need to stick with Turner. Turner obviously loves them. They're giving them multiple, you know, shows. They're giving them you know, these special events. They need to stick with Turner and and stay on cable Um
3: they also need their GM and Booker to stop saying that he's smarter than Ted Turner. I don't know what he's trying yeah, to do cool. out of that. Um,
2: those were, yeah, those were uh, nice. he, I. Everything I've heard about Tony is that he's a really good dude, but some of the stuff he says publicly, I, I, I could do without, you know, I mean, and that's probably just me being a little more old school. Um, when I look at the head of a company, I expect, I want them to act like the head of a company and not a fan. And so, but with that being said, hey, man, you've got the money. You've got the cash. You can do whatever you want, I guess. But, yeah, yeah I no, just, I definitely was I, – I definitely uh, – you know what? And a matter of fact, I'm going to have to call Drew in a minute and remind him again yes. that he's <laughs> a stooge.
3: Stooge. Stooge. Big time stooge. By the way, if you guys ever need a good laugh, this is a little random outside thing. But if you ever need a laugh, go in YouTube and type in Ty Schmidt doing Lou Holtz. I was watching it.
2: Oh, really dude, cool. Nick is the
3: funniest big. thing I've ever seen in my life.
2: I think I think <laughs> his Sirianni impression is better than that.
3: It's gold, <laughs> even though he's a yeah, uh, Packer I, fan, and that that equals him being a stooge as well. But um, <laughs> that oh, is that's it, true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Um, he's a- so I was gonna say the last thing here for what the hell's wrong AW. I just don't kay. think it's a good look on Twitter at the week of your pay per view. That one, your promoter and booker marks out for a demo tweet from Wade Keller, and secondly, w- what happened earlier today where you posted out people saying, Oh, tell your friends who did this. Like, it's just not a good look for a promotion that has the perception that they have the uptick of other promotions and that they're the hot things to slice bread. If that's the case, wasn't dynamite under a million viewers last week or something like that.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so I'll say this about the demo thing And mm-hmm. from my standpoint, it annoys the piss out of me, but I will, whether it was Tony's idea, whether it was Turner's idea, whoever's idea it was to tout this demo is a freaking genius. From a business standpoint, because you can have eight hundred and ninety-eight thousand people, which is what they had, I think, last week for Dynamite. Like, hey, number one in the demo, great show, number one on cable. You have that out. You have that just to be go like, hey, we're good. Our show wasn't bad. Who cares? So from a business standpoint, fantastic. Now, the fact that everybody gloms onto it and talks about a oh, big WWE. You know, no, you didn't. Okay, you beat them. These you beat them with these four hundred thousand people. Their show had two point two million. Yours had eight hundred ninety eight thousand. And yeah, I agree. I mean, I I'm torn. I don't think it's a good look. Like I, I get why Tony did it. They know their ratings have been slipping, and and I and I will give them this when it comes to the ratings, the fact that they're live on the West coast now kills them Big time. because I can tell you right now, five o'clock if dynamite aired at five o'clock here in the central, I wouldn't be watching it. Not live. Um, and, and the people on the West coast aren't either. And that's why I think that their, their ratings have slipped back under a million people. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's a good look, man, because it, it to me like when I read that I thought, oh come on, Tony, you're like you, you're making it, you're out there stumping for ratings on Twitter, you you're making it look like you're desperate to get the ratings back up. Like
3: and I understand that he could take any Ws that he wants and, you know, in regards to the fact that his football team had the upset of the year the other day. He hasn't gotten a lot of victories <laughs> in his other ventures. So I like, I I just feel like you should not be making yourself look like a dirt sheet writer on Twitter than a promoter of a wrestling company. the week of your That's my point. On no, that,
2: and yeah. I agree. I mean, that's my biggest, like I said, everything I've ever heard from anybody that's met him or been around him is that Tony is a great dude. And I'm sure he is. Um, and it's just a perception deal. I mean, he, he appeals to a ton of people that watch wrestling right now. Obviously for me, I would rather see him as a businessman. Let me right. wrap that up before my like freaking whatever the hell's going on. I don't know why Streamyard keep I get keep getting kicked out of Streamyard. But what I was saying is, I would rather for me for me as a fan and just speaking about one one person, I would rather look at Tony, the owner, or really Shad Khan's the owner, but that's a whole other conversation. Right. The the president of AEW. As a businessman and not a fan. That's me. Obviously, he appeals to a lot of people, so more power to it. But that's just for me, personally.
3: On that note, folks, we're going to wrap it up for this week's edition of What the Hell is Wrong with A.W. Glad uh, to be joined this week by the good brother Blake Mitchmore. You can follow him on Twitter, by the way, um, down there. It's right on the screen, at Blake Mitchmore. Blake, man, it was a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Yeah, first. man. Hope you had a good time and love to have you back on sometime soon.
2: Just let me know when
3: I have a great time in uh Minnesota, uh despite the bad football team and the Stooge up there, <laughs> yeah,
2: hopefully i hopefully I won't come home with Stooge, but we'll see well
3: i, I hope, first of all I hope it's not like snowing the entire time too like I don't, I don't think
2: don't, so. I think it's gonna be a little bit on the cold side, but I don't think it's supposed to snow. I hope not because I gotta get back so
3: for Blake Mitchamore, I'm Joshy. thank you guys so much for hanging out with us this week. Hope you guys enjoy full gear and new Japans. Battle in the valley coming up at the same night as well. So it's a crazy wrestling weekend. Make sure to bookmark Treasures.com. Leave us a four or five star review or rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps expand and reach the show. And I want to gauge your opinion on what we can improve on or stuff you like about the podcast. And also make sure to stay. Right now, for a brand new edition of the Thoughts of Derico, I want to remind everybody to be the authentic product that is yourself. And remember, nobody dictates the pace of your life but yourself. Love you guys. Have a wonderful weekend. For Blake, I'm Joshi. It's been episode 283 of the Hoots Pockets. Now, here's Britta Carter. We'll talk to you guys next week. Like, yes, sir.
1: <laughs> and now, the Thoughts of Derrico. Listen well, man. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to the segment that isn't being released anytime soon. It is The Thoughts of Derrico, featuring the one, the only, Brother Carter. Before we talk about what's going on in WWE programming this week, I wanted to take a moment to comment on some of the releases um, that has happened uh, over the last week or so. Um, I believe it was 18 wrestlers. That were just recently released, including some big names. And I have to admit that I was a bit shocked with some of the names that were released. The most shocking to me, of course, Carrion Cross and Scarlet. I, I think that Carrion Cross and Scarlet were two of the brightest stars in WWE. I think that Cross and Scarlet had potential to be main events of WrestleMania caliber superstars. But it didn't work out. And and I, I can't figure it out. Um, so I was, I was very surprised about that one. I hope that Triple H or somebody will use their get out of jail free card like they did with Samoa Joe and bring back Karrion Cross and Scarlett back to NXT because I think that their package and the, you know, the, the presentation, all that is just tremendous. So I, I can't figure that one out. Um, Kross will land on his feet. He's one of the best in the business. Him and Scarlett are the real deal. Um, don't be surprised if you see them in AEW soon. Uh, I, I would definitely say that cross could be main in, could be main event material in AEW, but again, it's the elite. So they're not part of the elite, so it doesn't matter. But, um, yeah, so I, I, I can't figure that one out. Um, there's some here that I can't figure out either. Uh, Keith Lee, I can't quite figure that one out. I know a lot of people were big on Ember Moon, aren't big on Ember Moon, but I was, so I can't quite figure that one out. Um, b kind of surprised me, too. I mean, her, she just made her main roster debut with Hit Row. And, I mean, to me, Hit Row just isn't the same without B-Fab. So I I, I can't quite figure that one out either. Um, Frankie Monet, I can't figure that one out uh, with of Valkyrie. Um, you know, it's obviously Taya Valkyrie. So when she was Taya Val- Tara Valkyrie, excuse me. So I I, I I I can't quite figure this out. Some of the ones don't surprise me. Grand Metalik, Lince Dorado, Mia Yim. Uh, so some of them... Oni Lorcan surprised me too, honestly. Um, but anyways, so so we certainly wish them all the best. And here's what people have to remember. Now, listen, some of them I'm not going to defend. I'm not going to defend Cross and Scarlet. Um, Keith Lee, I, I read that they're having some problems backstage with Keith Lee. So fine. Um, I again, Ember Moon, I can't quite figure that one out. Um, same with Frankie Monet. I can't figure that one out. So, But the real one I will not defend is Karrion Cross and Scarlet. I, I think that makes no sense. The other ones you can kind of defend. But here's what you have to remember, too. Um, you know, Because we always try to spin it like it's not like, oh, my God, WWE is terrible. And WWE has been making some big mistakes lately. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not a big fan of a lot of their programming right now. Some of it is fantastic. But some of it I'm just like scratching my head trying to figure out what it could be. But anyways, you got to remember, folks, this is the entertainment business. And there's never a guarantee in the enter- anything having to do with entertainment. Uh, I mean, it's it's an incredibly tough business to be a part of. You know, how many people are fighting and crying and scra- scratching their ways to be a part of the entertainment business? You know, it's just there isn't room for everybody. And I don't like it. Um, I wish there was spaces for everybody. But it's just, you know, when you're in entertainment, there's just only so much time in the day that people can use to consume content. And unfortunately, there just isn't enough spots for everybody. And... You know, and, and I know they're getting WWE's getting criticism, and maybe it's justly deserved that they seem to be making all this money but letting go of their superstars. But if their superstars aren't te- aren't on television, then why would you pay them? You know, so I mean I I kinda get both sides of the argument that like they've got all this money, so why are they releasing this talent? But if they are not putting their talent on television, why would they pay them? You know, so it just I, I can't <coughs> I can't quite figure it out. But, um, again, it is what it is, and we certainly wish them all the best um, going forward. That being said, let's talk with you about about just a couple of things on SmackDown and then just a couple things on Raw. Um, again, Roman Reigns controls everything. I love the storyline with him and the bloodline. Um, that's going to be great. I hope Naomi eventually joins the bloodline. Uh, the match with Shannon Baszler was okay, but can you imagine Naomi, like, I got some friends that are going to help me out, you know, in this feud with Sonya Deville. And all of a sudden, Roman Reigns gets involved, like, that could be that could be something huge and then Shayna Baszler has to start dealing with the bloodline which I think that could be incredible um looking forward to seeing Xia Lee on Smackdown that's going to be great I also like the major attitude shift from uh, from Shotzi uh the Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre match was good the Claymore into Ricochet was a great spot um and I hope we see more of Ricochet because I think he's fantastic um Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss are freaking hilarious. Um I just I love this gimmick. <laughs> Taking a liking to a Viking is great. Um again, as I mentioned before, Hit Road just doesn't seem the same without B Fab. Um but the segment with Sami Zayn was pretty funny. I like that. I like the new entrance music for King Woods. It fixed his character, and a great match from King Woods and Jimmy Uso. Um obviously this will this will summon Big E to SmackDown this week, I think. Um to try to defend the honor of King Woods, especially since uh, there's rumors that Kofi Kingston is injured. You know, they obviously beat him down at the end of SmackDown to get him off of television. You know, uh, so we'll see what happens with that. But um, should be a great episode of SmackDown next week. Uh, getting into Raw, uh, just a couple things from Raw this week. Uh, I love seeing Kevin Owens in the main event picture again. I think that that's terrific. I think that... Um, you know he deserves it and he deserves an opportunity to compete for a world championship. I mean Biggie is great, he deserves it too. Seth Rollins is great. Um, everything is er, about this is fantastic. So I love what they're doing and I love that Kevin Owens is once again proving his worth as a main person in WWE. Um, we're gonna we're teasing the split between uh, Mysterio and. Uh, Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio, uh, that split is coming soon, I think, um, I think we can all see the writing on the wall, it's coming pretty soon, um, I like Adam F- Pierce as a more ruthless uh, authority figure trying to really flex his muscles, He started with Brock Lesnar, and I was doing it here with, um, with Bobby Lashley and Dominic Mysterio, so I think, I think that all of that is great. Okay, just a couple other things. Um, let's see. I love that Liv Morgan is getting her shot against um, Becky Lynch. I think that she deserves it. And uh, seeing her, Ripley, Aria Ripley, Bianca Belair, Carmella, and Queen Zelina um, was cool. I mean, I think they had a great match. And I, I love um, I love that Liv Morgan's getting her shot. I know fans have been behind her, and she could have a great match with with Becky Lynch. Uh, And then, of course, another tremendous match to end the show with uh, Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. So, again, just some brief thoughts of Derrico this week. Uh, Looking forward to um, a great week of, uh, hopefully, a great weekend of wrestling at Full Gear. And um, a great time in WWE. Next week, we'll be giving our predictions for uh, the series that survives. And that's going to be a ton of fun. And those are the thoughts of Derrico this week. Um, My final thought is... It's been a crazy time in the world of sports. Um, All I'll have to say is believe what you believe, be who you are, but tell the truth. The best thing you can do is be be who you are, own who you are, and tell the truth in everything that you do. That's how you remain credibility. People can think what you want. They want about your opinions and your thoughts and feelings. That's fine. But They can have that because at the end of the day, they're just opinions. You know, their opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one, you know, so that's fine. They can have their opinion. But when you start lying and misleading people, that's where we start getting into trouble. Be true to yourself, own who you are, but always be honest and upfront with people because that's the best way to maintain your credibility. This has been The Thoughts of Derrico. You're smarter now, man.